Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Aaron, Somebody told him he had. We're just hypocrites, yeah. okay? We're just hypocrites. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. That's really what the fans want to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello. And Danae Hughes. Still here. We write for CinemaSins, TVSins, and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. And we are joined as well today by one of the A-Team. Please welcome, it's Chris Atkinson. Hey, yeah, what's up? <laughs> um, well, you know- I, Aaron, I, I got to tell you, at the top of this podcast, even though this is Sift Pop related, Oh, okay. I am very, very, very upset at my performance in Summer Sum Game. Oh yeah. Oh, I, me too. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. What. What happened? John Wick Three is what happened. If I had thought yes, that John totally. Wick Three would have been that big of a hit, I, I, I do. I do pretty good research on these things before mm-hmm. before the summer hits, and I'm like, John Wick Two did like uh, eighty million or something like that. I was like, right. is even if it increases its business, is it going to be in the top ten? And I, I, I considered it no, so I put it in the like sort of the the you know the hedging part. Yeah, of the it. dark horse. Yeah. And uh, and so and so then it, it comes out and it does gangbusters and. And, uh, you know, and it sort of wrecked all of what I thought would happen after that. Because this summer was yeah. like a, a bunch of movies. I was like, man, I don't think they're going to do anything, but they could very well be in the top 10. It's, it was a crazy summer, and I'm right there with you. I research as well. And uh, the two things I think that hurt most people were John Wick performing so much better than expected and Men in Black International not showing up at all. Well, I was um, I was very I happy was to not happen. have that anywhere sniffing on my yeah. list. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I was pretty sure that was not going to make it. Uh, if you don't know what Chris is talking about, uh, the other pop culture podcast I do, Sif Pop, does a, a game over the summer where you predict the uh, outcome of the box office. And it ended up, we have a category called gurus, which are special guests on the podcast who are supposed to know more about movies. But by the way, the highest guru came in like 40th place this year. That's how crazy it was. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about me? No, you ca- you came in I, last in the gurus. That's okay. I, you know, I, I, I tried. <laughs> I really did. I thought about it for a whole 20 minutes before well, I my actually. Well, co-host, my co-host on Sif Pop, Andrew, only had two more points than you did. So. No. Okay, <laughs> so that makes me feel pretty It was good. a weird summer. But it was funny because of the gurus, we had the winner who's a podcast called the horrible movie podcast and then he beat me by one i came in second in the gurus i beat jeremy by one he came in third in the gurus and jeremy beat chris by one who wow. came in fourth in the 
the guru. So it was like that CinemaSins crew, like, you know, bam, 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 right there at the top. So, But I was yeah, like that's just... fourth in gurus, but like, what, 50th overall? Yeah. <laughs> something yeah, like something that. like that. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, the... it is just insane. Like, I, I, was, I was really happy about my top two picks. I was pretty sure about that. But then, like, it was hard to figure out, would Spider-Man beat Toy Story? And I yeah. thought... I, I thought about it for a while, and I was like, man, surely people will be tired of Toy Story, and people will still be <laughs> riding that that Marvel wave after Endgame, and that will make them flip-flop. So I had Spider-Man third, and I had Toy Story fourth. And sure enough, Toy Story just keeps chugging along every week, just making money. At least none of us, uh, you know, didn't have Endgame at number one. Oh, wait, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was just, uh, that was a Babe Ruth. That was a, everybody's going to pick this. Yeah. I thought there was a reasonable chance that Lion King could ride that Jurassic World kind of wave. Yeah. And I also thought Endgame would top out at about 650. Hey, you know, yeah. tournament play, and this is what that is, this is tournament play uh, in a, of a contest, yeah. uh, going, going like that against the grain... Uh, can pay off a lot like i yeah. do that with um uh like uh ncaa brackets and stuff like that yeah um, yeah it's it it arguably is what you know won the person who won it this year won it for them you know they they had they didn't have you know men in black in the top 10 but they had john wick in their top 10 you know that john wick pick is you know one of the things that won it for him so and well and that's the thing i mean even if i hadn't even if Lion King doesn't beat Endgame, if I get five or six of the other ones right, yeah, I still probably yeah. win because I'm still looking at what seven for each of the first two. Yeah, exactly. Two. Yeah, yeah, because Lion King did finish second and it did make a ton of money. Yeah. Well, um, it actually, uh, I believe, beat the well worldwide. It actually beat the first Avengers this weekend. So yeah, um, it did beat a Avengers. Well, welcome to behind the sift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry to derail no. there, but I had to get no, no, that. No, no, I'm glad you brought it up. I had it's to fine. get that in because uh, I was uh, I was upset about it, but uh, I can get over and it. Secret Life of Pets two didn't. Oh, uh, that was another one. Either. Yeah, that was another one yeah. that I didn't think wow. was going to do well, but I thought, well, it's probably going to be in the top ten still. And, yeah, uh, you I know. think it just no, nobody knows anything. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah, I embraced that mentality from the very beginning. <laughs> way to go, Danae. That way, you're you're set up for a surprise win. And uh-huh. never disappointment. Yeah. Well, way to go. <laughs> um, I think it's hilarious. Uh, as we get into the show, this is three weeks in a row that at least behind the scenes, we have thought Danae wouldn't be here. Yes. And she is here. Well, <laughs> it's like, you know how like you started saying, you know, when I welcome you, Danae Hughes, you're like, still here. Like that used to mean they haven't fired me. Now yes. it just means I'm actually here, even though I said I wasn't going to be this week. And that's why we have a beloved guest today, because I was supposed to be as most of of you know it was supposed to be in florida but dorian mm-hmm. freaking dorian yeah. there's been a conference that we have literally been preparing for for a year and we had to cancel it and so this whole week is just going to be me issuing refunds to a lot of people well not me the team will be working mm-hmm. on all yeah. the behind the scenes stuff of hundreds and hundreds like probably close to and we should say this is people. a different job outside of yes cinema sense just so it doesn't get confused like what 800 <laughs> 800 people converging in orlando now not coming you know mm-hmm. so it's just been this crazy whiplash we're going we're not going we're going we're not going nope we are not going so i got to stay in town and so i had to ask if i could come on the show this week <laughs> <laughs> you're always welcome but orlando is 
is more inland. So is it just because of the flights and yeah. actually getting out well, there? Well, so we actually were there during Irma a couple of years ago in 2017. I was there too. And it was absolutely like just bedlam because you didn't know where the hurricane's actually going to, you know, ride up the coast. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it was during the conference. So again, same conference, same time. And everyone was just trying to get out. And so um, safety of everybody was really uh, at the top. But the actual airport MCO shuts down today. They're not actually taking anybody in. And the conference mm-hmm. started uh, Tuesday night. So tomorrow night at the time of this recording. It's supposed to be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week. And so no one can fly in on the day that you would be flying into the conference. And it's just too Mm -hmm. dangerous, you know, not not knowing where the hurricane's going to go. So, yeah. And I was there a couple years ago when some big storm hit and they actually closed Disney like on that Friday. Um, Since we're talking about just entirely, totally cinema sins related stuff right now. (laughs) Super quick fact about about hurricanes I didn't know is how many tornadoes can be over the right front quadrant if if the tornado when the hurricane came over the top of orlando it was preceded by literally hundreds of tiny tornadoes that would fall out of the sky hit the ground and then zip back up into the sky wow so not only are you under this massive warning for obviously crazy winds and all this stuff but also you're listening and it's just warning after warning after warning of little tornadoes that would just whip down hit the ground and and then disappear again it was absolutely insane i didn't know that because i've never been in one before but now i can say that i have and then we were without power we almost got kicked out of our hotel it was a crazy adventure isn't that crazy what you don't know that just happened is that we were talking about hurricane dorian and then all of a sudden we started having connectivity issues in missouri it got pissed (laughs) Mm mm-hmm and somehow... Is it storming there? It's probably. Several tornadoes just it's touching all down all over the place. It's insane. <laughs> Unreal. See what happens? You guys are so what? brave to continue your podcast with the tornadoes. Listen, we do it for you. The mm-hmm. show must go on. Mm-hmm. I didn't know... You told me you were in Tornado Alley, and I didn't know Missouri was that big of a tornado destination. Oh, yes. Um... I just always think Kansas, Oklahoma. Yeah, no, they can definitely continue into Missouri. Uh, Joplin. I mean, we get them here. Joplin specifically got hit real bad uh, a couple years ago. Every time I actually drive to Nashville, I go by a town that got hit by a tornado pretty bad, and they're still building stuff up. And just there's a church there that's like half a church. And Nature's scary. Yeah. Is there a way to transition to our show from nature? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. I feel... I feel like... No, we should all just go home. Okay, well, it's been fun, everybody. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to the show. We were going to talk about Futurama, but there's no real transition here. I'm actually at home, so I don't Mm -hmm. know where to go. It's true. That's right. Sorry. (laughs) You're going to have to go to a gas station or something. All right, uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about this inside scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at uh, the videos from this week across the uh, various CinemaSins channels. Uh, We'll talk about how we felt about the show movie in general, process of sending them, anything else we want to mention. And yeah, we'll kick it off with uh, TV Sins last Monday. Futurama dropped, finished off the uh, animation month at TV Sins. And boy, people liking the animation Sins. A lot of people. I got to tell you, I was very shocked about these things. Um, uh, When we go into... Uh, stuff like you know real real broad comedy even though it's smart comedy um i i I worry that we won't be able to pick on anything 
that's in there because a lot of the stuff is just jokes and mm-hmm. things right. of that nature. Uh, but Futurama, somehow, in some way, every time you look at some of these episodes, they have something plot-wise that you can pick on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. there's little stuff throughout. I, I found it really fun. Futurama, just to talk about the show for a bit first, I think, uh, I don't know, this is hard to say, but I like it just as much as, as Simpsons in a lot of ways. It is such a smart show, and I think the character work in it is even deeper, especially than what modern-day Simpsons has become. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like Futurama. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. I used to watch, I'm, I used I'm to watch you. all these when they were on uh, Comedy Central uh, uh, on repeats and everything. And uh, I've, I think I've seen the whole series. I'm not sure if it's, uh, not sure if I've missed a few here and there. I probably have, but. Uh, it would be easy. It would be easy to miss a couple just because they left and then came back twice Mm -hmm. um and then the second time they came back they were movie they did like six movies Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so and then they're the only thing that a lot of people don't about don't know about is they actually did a like radio style episode on a podcast oh really a year or two ago yeah it's canon and everything so you know it's kind of it's kind of funny good god that's fun all this crazy canon stuff outside of the actual show kills me like veronica mars there's like two novels that are actually considered canon it's like i don't have time for this (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have watched I think just a few minutes when it was on TV but I never got into Futurama so this was my first time to sit down and actually watch a full episode with like to consume it Mm -hmm. and I had the very best time it's it was Mm -hmm. my favorite of of any of the cartoons that we've done or any of the mm-hmm. animated shows we've done where it's like this is actually something i want to watch again so i was really excited to it's for me it was kind of like discovering a show that i want to go back into and i even found it to be so well thought through for instance uh, for example so you know you've got your i want to watch it and i'm enjoying it brain going and then you've got your i'm sending it brain going which mm-hmm. we talk about a lot but the sending side there's um a lot of traffic obviously there's flying cars and things like this and so my brain was trying to figure out okay what are the, what are the rules to this traffic maybe there's like a sin in here you know that i can kind of find or something to kind of joke around about um and then there's this one moment where they're down on the ground and a car zips up into the sky and starts zooming away and i paused it and i was like aha there's my sin there's no rules blah blah blah, blah. and then like a split second later a police car goes after them <laughs> and i'm like they have thought about everything <laughs> Because even though things are going really fast and they don't really zoom in on that, just in this example, the traffic moment to talk about how clever they are, how well thought out it is, Mm -hmm. even as you're watching it, everything has already been thought about. Mm -hmm. So I just personally, when a show doesn't waste my time like that and they've thought about things and it's really rich and deep, I love it even more. So as the show continued and as I watched it multiple times to send it, it just got better and better for me. I loved it. It's, It's really amazing how much they thought of with Futurama. There's actually an alien language that shows up in that pilot episode like on the walls yeah and they have designed that that uh like if you use just simple cryptography you know the idea of replacing letters with symbols Mm -hmm. you can figure out that alien language by the end of the season and then translate all those things yeah it it translates to butt cheese (laughs) right i didn't know that i I just i made that up (laughs) oh oh i would have totally believed you (laughs) 
Um, there is also, and you probably were about to get to this, but there's also uh, the shadow of Nibbler is in. Yes. The, Let's talk about that. Yeah, is uh, is in that uh, initial uh, scene, and and you and you thought that when they went back and they and then Nibbler started telling his story in the future seasons that uh, that oh they just kind of retroactively put yeah. that in there, but it's in Retconned the first it. episode. Yeah, and and people, you know, there were definitely a lot of comments like, hey, how can you not mention this that kind of thing, and I think specifically we try to operate as the narrator voice only having seen the episode that he's seeing and so it's kind of one of those things where it's like we could have mentioned that but at the same time who knows we'll do more Futurama possibly yeah and you can always make that a sin removal later in that very episode where they bring that up the uh the the thing is I did write something and when you guys sent me your script and everything I was like oh man I really want to put it because I put in a sin removal right then and there uh and I was like Ah, but it's just too future knowledge Exactly. To know. Yeah. So I so so yeah, I mean all of us I think are conscious conscious of that that you know, and we can always retroactively award or subtracts ends so i want to talk just for a little bit longer on the nibbler thing because as somebody who hadn't seen any of the pre the next episodes to follow and i was writing a sin for that section i think jonathan you and i both did the cryogenics backward flip one together mm-hmm. kind of a thing not not spilling the beer yeah, and all that yeah. stuff yeah so we had you know several kind of uh, uh, scenes or clips there that we could kind of put together to make that you know make sense and when I was writing it I had it paused on that screen and I looked at that that shadow for so long going what the hell is that what is that thing like and I, I almost thought maybe it was a sin because you know it, is, it has no reference and I, I seriously had the most mind-bending experience reading the comments which is when I realized there was a character called Nibbler because I have mm-hmm. no idea yeah so <laughs> I was like oh this is actually another level of this show thinking things through uh-huh even the comments bring up how um, you the know destruction the of destruction the city. of the city mm-hmm. and how that's all part you know of it. So it was really fun for me to go in and read the comments and see how many fans are there, kind of talking about it. Yeah. Um, I did have a question though, and this might be like a little snarky that I have. So I don't know. Oh, how dare you be snarky on a CinemaSins podcast? I don't want to be snarky, but I have a question. So, so we're as writers supposed to be because you know I'm still kind of new, still figuring it out. So we're like new. We don't know what's going to happen later in the show. That's the idea. Yeah. But then we sin for Zoiberg or whoever that is. Right. Yes. So how does that work? How do you balance I, it's that? It's give and take, right? You know, you don't want <laughs> you don't want too much. We've of done it. that, and that's kind of become a TV sins. Um, yeah, we did it with Seinfeld. Running joke with these pilots. We did that with The Office. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I thought because those are in other episodes of the TV sins stuff, which is there's no such and such in this. I episode. mean, if you want, if you yeah. want to justify it, you could say the narrator has heard about this amazing character and then didn't see them. You right. know, like okay. you know, it doesn't mean he's seen any of the episodes that Zoidberg is in, but Aaron, somebody told him he had... We're just hypocrites, yeah. okay? We're just hypocrites. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. That's really what the fans want to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the other things I like that this uh, this brought out in the comments was the idea of headcanon for uh, uh, disenchantment being the uh, Middle Ages uh, part of the destruction of the you know of mm-hmm. New York. I thought that was, that was really funny, the idea that uh, that's where disenchantment comes from. Yeah. Have you guys watched Disenchantment? I have. No. I have. I've watched... Is it good? I loved it. 
I thought it was great. Okay, great. I saw um, one episode and soon, I was like, so. I'll get back to that, and I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I I like the writing part of this process for me individually, but then also we were doing the combination of our script because this is you know all three were kind of we're all together. Mm-hmm. We had several uh, sins or several jokes that we did. One of my favorite things, which is the combination of the combination, where uh-huh. we sort of merged them together into one. The suicide booth being one of them. Like, how can we? Where we all have these thoughts, but how do we get all of them into one nice? cohesive line mm-hmm. so i thought that the script writing process and the combination process on this one was a lot of fun too it was a good collaboration and one of my favorite ones we've done so far personally yeah. i'm I not agree. gonna say that this all is the time. probably like if i had to pick like favorite tv sends videos so far this would be like up there yeah uh this one also is where you referenced aaron the 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 mitten the anatomy thing yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, i wrote i wrote that down yeah aaron's attention to animated anatomy is well no that was danae that's she's the one that does that she uh she she just she spots those animated things and i just it blows my mind and on this one i got to do the whole like you know three finger why would you do five four three two one if that's not Mm -hmm. i i finally kind of got to address that that one kind of blew my mind i had never thought about that that the reason we count to five is because we have five fingers uh you know on our hand so that that was yeah that one kind of blew my mind. Well, I apologize today. I thought we had. I thought that was a for some reason. I thought that was an error. Oh, that's one. okay. Okay. No, I don't mind. But it it was fun because I mean it's mostly because you're a woman. Right. Yes. <laughs> Other than that. I know. Sorry, Danae. Such a ladder to climb. God. <laughs> How could she come up with something? Right. To climb? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> uh, anything anything else on Futurama on the script on the Sins video uh, the show itself anything else anybody wanted to mention too bad let's talk about Dark Crystal <laughs> <laughs> oh I did want to ask you something Aaron though did you write the one about if you turn your own knob too much you go blind no I think that was Chris yeah that was me oh okay well the reason I asked that is because uh, Aaron went over some uh, British terms here <laughs> last mm-hmm. week and knob oh really like, oh we got so I just thought it was kind of funny that that ended up on the future. No, that was that was me, and I will say this: um, I, after having watched um, a lot of uh, Broadchurch uh, over the, uh, it was a few months yeah. ago that I watched the first two seasons of Broadchurch. They uh, often would insult people by calling them knobs, and I thought it was the best thing ever. Yeah, uh, we learned. Oh, I'm so glad you watched Broadchurch. Yeah, yeah, I still Broadchurch need to see that great. third season. Broad Church is great. Uh, third season's really good. Um, yeah, we, we learned that knob literally means dick mm-hmm. in England, like, yeah. you know, both figuratively and uh, literally. Which is why and I'm so... cracking about people going blind over here. It's just funny <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like something you would hear in I church. Also, and, and I also love how we went into the whole when did the millennium actually start, because that's one of my, like, least favorite debates. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it's, it's the so dumbest I think it's the dumbest it. debate of all time. It really is. It's it's the is die hard a Christmas movie of time-based debates. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Aaron, you got to insert your love. Love of universal time, That's right? Perfect. Wasn't that yours? Oh yes, you got to I got to preach for universal time a little bit, which uh, which always makes me happy. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> but how? But okay, I do have a question though. Like, how would that work exactly? Because like when it's day here, it's night other places. Yes. So basically, the, it, just it just works it, because it's different. It, it just yeah. means two o'clock for you is the middle of the night. Two o'clock for me could be dinner time. But, but it's always two. Oh, but it is two. It. So you're still saying stick with the same yes. time. It would just uh, that yeah, yeah, because it just eliminates confusion. You yeah. know, we're in such a connection. Society. But it that would, would require wreck someone. people's sleep. Yes. 
you'd, you, somebody would have to say ours is the time that we're going to use. Well, it'd be, it'd be uh, Greenwich Mean Time, right? Is that is that central? Because that's the one that matters. <laughs> because it's like, like, you know, it's like I, I think about like making phone calls and everything, and there'd be some sar- snarky person who's like, well, it's two o'clock in the afternoon everywhere, so I'm just going to call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's five o'clock. I somewhere. would hope we would get it more than that. I, I did want to say you mentioned the, the British insults. I got contacted by somebody on Twitter. Twitter, okay. Uh, about just that, I think it was on Twitter. Maybe it was email. I can't remember. But basically, they said one of the ones we said was uh-huh. like super profane. Oh, really? Like it, was, it was. Yeah. It was like it was the one that meant. I said it was meant it like slut. Bonky Winkle Woodle. <laughs> it was Bonky Winkle Woodle. Uh, no, it was. Uh, it was the one that meant like slut, but technically means like whore, but oh. worse. Like just like which like one really is this? bad. <laughs> Chris is like, I need to know. Isn't Go that ahead. the was is that the sin where you wrote all those different Britishisms all in one thing? Yeah, I loved it. The cat-handed balderdash uh, sin is the one that it came from. But, but. but then Aaron went into uh, when he went into his further keeping tabs. He had he had a researched several to to pull from. So he just started to sort of name off all of these mm. particular uh, insults, and apparently one of them was very bad. Oh, really? How do you, oh. I'm surprised oh, that Europeans get offended at anything. Yeah, and maybe it wasn't an offense. He was just letting me know how like, derogatory. Hey, like if you know. called somebody that, it would be right. horrible. Yeah, like I would think it's probably like. I mean, based on what you're saying, I would think it's probably like us calling a woman uh, the c yeah. word. Yeah, something like that. Um, oh, here it is, uh, uh, Aaron. I'm listening to behind the scenes. You're not correct with your scrubber definition it's far more derogatory than that and applies to anyone not just someone who you may describe as a quote-unquote slut uh he says it's really nasty insult from what i understand trailer trash uh is from uh all the tv and films we get on your side of the pond scrubber is about 15 levels further down the socioeconomic scale wow a so, lot of stds so don't say scrubber <laughs> well i guess we lost a lot yeah. of british <laughs> guess so <laughs> uh suffice to say we love futurama uh let's move on to the dark crystal the first of the Cinefsons. Uh, videos from last week. This was an Atkinson Scott joint, uh, and Danae is jealous. She wanted to write on this one. Uh, she loves Dark Crystal so much. So, Danae, I want to start with you since you're like an uber fan of this movie. How oh, did man. you feel about this? I started the Sins video, and then it has the narrator's voice. Just the first line that that is on there, I just immediately was like. <gasps> I love this movie. Just hearing the narrator's voice, and then all of a sudden it sinned, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not watching the movie. I'm watching the cinema sins sin. I had a good time. It's the same kind of feeling as I had when I talked about the Emperor's New Grove. Emperor's, thank you. Um, it kind of had the same, same feel where it's something that I love so much, but I'm also having a really good time watching because mm-hmm. I know what we're doing. Right. So... I mean, there was definitely times when I'm like, no, you can't send that. And then like, oh, yeah, I wondered that, too. Why couldn't he carry three shards with him? What's the deal there? <laughs> and just how it's all delivered was really smart. So I had I had fun watching it. Um, what's everybody else's experience with Dark Crystal? Because I, um, I actually I saw this in the theater. Wow. Um, I was, I believe, six when it came out. And um, I was a I was a Jim Henson fanatic as a kid. Yeah. Um, I watched everything, Jim Henson. I I will say I think this movie holds up for the most part. I will say one thing now when I watch it: um, Jim is a pretty terrible protagonist. <laughs> did did Danae just give me a mean look? No, no. You can have your opinions, and I'll I'll be just fine. I just I just think I mean he's just kind of a I don't know he's just not a very interesting character. No, I I was. Um... 
like you know as an adult you watch these and you're like what is how did that even happen or even a lot of the sins about jen was him sort of accidentally stumbling through the whole movie like having no clue about what's going on mm-hmm. and that sort of feels like life is sometimes so i i can give it a pass but at the same time i think it maybe doesn't make for a good show either mm-hmm. and i do know that that because I also love behind the scenes type stuff. I love watching how things mm. are made when I'm passionate about it. Lord of the Rings is an example. I've watched every single minute of every behind the scenes thing I could get my hands on because it's just so fascinating how that whole world was created. Yeah. So you have Jim Henson, obviously this brilliant guy and Frank Oz. I think he was a part of it too. Um, mm-hmm. And so I loved learning it, but the, so Jim had a lot of ideas, but there wasn't a lot of clarity on how to put the story together from what I understand. So there's, there's clearly confusion and plot convenient stuff all throughout this, but when you're a kid watching it, it doesn't really matter. Oh, it's it's amazing, yeah. and I I mean I can still as an adult I I can just be in this world all I the know. time. I can't. I have not watched the Netflix series. And yet. you know, sometimes I'll watch something and I remember why I have unrealistic expectations of adult life, and this is this is yeah. one of those moments like Gelfling Love. You know, like being in this boat where you're both singing ah <laughs> together, like that never happened in my real life, and I'm what? a little disappointed. You and Justin don't do that. <laughs> no, and I'm I'm upset about it. Jen and I go on boat rides, <laughs> lying boat rides all the time. <laughs> but it's really weird with these Henson products that I like as I've grown up because I, when I was younger, like I loved Dark Crystal. I didn't really care that much for Fraggle Rock, and I didn't really care that much for How Willow. How dare you? But those are two things that, as as I've grown older, I think they have aged well. Yeah. And I've actually gotten a lot more interested in those properties. I just think it was so fun for me also to, to send the slow-moving mystics was so fun for me because, you know, when you're yeah. watching it, you're like, this is so stupid when you're an adult. But when you're a kid, you're like, wow, they've really, really got along with them. <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris, what's your experience with uh, Dark Crystal? Uh, I, I can't actually remember if I saw this in theaters. I know that 1982 was the is the first year that I really kind of remember things about anything. And uh, I remember watching E.T. in theaters and everything. Uh, but I was into the Dark Crystal because I remember, and I actually talked about this with Jonathan, uh, in elementary school, you know those, what is it, the things that they come around with, with the, uh, the they books? give you the little books that you can order, you can order all these books from or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the book um, fair, yeah. I got the Dark Crystal, uh, the, 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 like, illustrated thing, uh, so I had that for a really long time. I, of course, I might even stumble on it today somehow, some way, if I rummaged far enough into some, some junk, but... Um, but, uh, I remember being into it. I just don't remember when I saw the movie the first time. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's about the extent of it. It's not anything that I held in high regard or anything like that. It wasn't like, Oh, that movie is so hallowed, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, the, uh, that, that's really my experience with it. It is an extremely likable movie overall. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's also back in a time where, children's entertainment wasn't trying to um it didn't care whether it scared you or not um, yeah. yeah you know it's well, stuff like back then they didn't care they 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 put in dark stuff in kids entertainment yeah i think having a, a puppet have the life sucked out of them is uh is pretty dark <laughs> or yeah. the skexies that sort of just dissolves yeah. and has this like his jaw sort of unhinges and he just turns to ash that was terrifying i was very i was very happy with the i'm too skexy uh, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. uh, that needed to happen. I, I will say I was not allowed to watch this uh, as a kid. Um, it was deemed too dark 
Um, it's right there in the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was dreamed a little too dark of a crystal. It was probably uh, too crystal to... as well. For <laughs> actually, you know what, Chris? You're actually probably right. Uh, so I, I came to it a little bit later. Uh, more as an adult. I think I saw it for the first time after I was married even and was on and i just i watched it uh and it's um you're like who's on drugs now yeah i was like this is weird (laughs) and and i can see like if you see it with kids eyes like how like interesting and and fun it would be and that kind of stuff but as somebody who never saw it with those eyes the only eyes i've seen it with are a little more cynical a little more you know realistic and so for me it was it was kind of you know it was, it was a little bit nuts. You're like, that's a weird puppet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, I think Henson, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I think Henson, you can tell like some of his film stuff, he really wanted to try to go a little darker. Yeah. I think. Uh, than what he was doing like on Sesame Street. Now, granted, the Muppets were a lot more adult than most people seem to remember. Yeah. But the movies weren't as much. Yeah. I think visually, he definitely went for something dark. And I'm, I loved it. Um, to talk more about some of the sins that I really enjoyed, something that, uh, these are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah. Whenever mm-hmm. that one was, that made me laugh out loud. I love it whenever these videos make me laugh out loud because I like to think it's hard to make me laugh out loud because uh-huh. I just, I don't know, I'm kind of a snarky person. You're just person. such a well put together person. You would I'm never. So well rounded. That, uh, that was one Jeremy wrote. And uh, uh, overall, uh, I mean, whenever there's a, an older movie and we just happen to be on it, it always turns out loopy like this. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. It's great. It, yeah. It's such a good one. Uh, the other ones I really loved was you guys describing the uh, grasshopper, walrus, angry kangaroo thing. That's things. another Jeremy. Oh, my God. that The whole... And I'm missing some of even the words that were used to describe the land striders. Yeah. But... He called I one... Just, anger kangaroo was one yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> The anger kangaroo. Yeah, that needs to be a, that needs to be a sticker. Yeah, <laughs> oh so yeah, funny for sure. <laughs> Uh, another one that I really loved was um, Out There is the Great Shaft of the Castle. Nope. I just checked and that's still in my pants. Yep. You <laughs> just like brilliant. you just like Jeremy stuff. I get it. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Should I keep I, going? I, I, don't I know. figured that one. Was <laughs> no, <Chris. laughs> that's Jeremy all the way. Uh, did he do the uh, the peacock noises yep. thing? Well, he didn't oh, write well, peacock, peacock noises. noises. That was the peacock. editor's. Yeah, the editors did peacock noises. Okay, I have no idea what that's in reference to, and I kind of don't want you guys to tell me because it's just well, so can, funny. I can tell you if you are want. Are you talking about when he was doing the the dun? Yeah, dun, I have, dun. Is that what you're talking no about? reference. Do you for really that? not want to know? I kind of don't because it was so funny. Because I have that in my notes. I was going to mention. Okay. Oh, it's my favorite part of the video. Okay, it's the mock time. It's the Star Trek episode, but it's also it. Most people know it because of Cable Guy. Yeah, it's referencing Cable I Guy. I prefer to know it as because of a mock time because I hate Cable Guy. <laughs> I still don't. I still. I guess I've not. I don't know it. It's not in my mind anywhere. Oh, I'll, I can't show, you, pull I'll it. show you the scene if you want to see the scene. But it's just this insane, like intense music that plays during this knife fight. Okay. And so <laughs> between Kirk and Spock. Yeah, between Kirk and Spock. So Kirk and Spock fight. Of course. What? Well, there's there's a reason. Oh, is one of them possessed? You have, then you. Have, uh, I mean, how nerdy do you want me to get? <laughs> it, 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 it has to do with Vulcans. It has to do with uh, their sexual awakenings. Oh. Pon far or whatever it's well, called. Well, let's not get too deep into it then. <laughs> yeah. So um, that particular joke then, did you love it, knowing so much of the reference? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I will say uh, I did act, add an extra duh, you know, in the in the does. There was, it was one short. So I participated in that sin did. a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> 
There was also... Um, also, I will never get the term Skeksy fucking out of my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and the question of would you go Gelfling was also very oh, okay. I, I love sin. I don't know what that kind of sin is, but I love okay. sin. Well, I actually that. wrote that one, so I feel vindicated. <laughs> nice. <laughs> The one sin, Chris yeah. Wrote. The one thing, everything else, <laughs> like it, like like I could go through all the ones I wrote, and you'd be like, nope, 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 nope. None of those made me laugh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say the whole video made me laugh. So it, it, so, yeah. it, oh, it, was, it, it is a the video movie. made yeah, me laugh we as well. We it's just the probably the more memorable uh, spiky ones are from Jeremy. I uh, I did the thing with the my three sons that was in there. That, oh, that was great. great. Um, uh, and then uh, yeah, a few others that might have been funny that you don't remember. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I'm so afraid to ask about. I another had one popped into my head, and I'm like, oh no, I don't want to mention it. No, I go ahead. I'm not mad. <laughs> did Did you like kicking the little creature into the hole and saying "Thank Christ"? That's Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, dang it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we just created a new game. The only other thing I really wanted to mention about this was, and I, I'm going to tie it back into Futurama too, because we, we kind of have a one-two punch here of just amazing voice work uh, in content. And uh, and I didn't mention that in the Futurama, but just, you know, Frank Oz is just such a genius with his voice. And Well, we're, we may have to touch this in the comment section because he didn't voice Agra. Oh, he didn't? No. No. Oh, he just puppeted. He no. puppeted. He's the, yeah, he's the nanny from the Omen, right? Yeah, her name. Is that what they said? Uh, Billy Whiteshaw or something like mm. that. Was, that was her name? Uh, yeah, that's right. It's it's an a, it's an actual too. woman who vo- voiced uh, Augura. This is the power of assumption. I I knew Frank Oz was part of this, and 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 the voice the voicing of it is so Frank Oz that. I've always thought that he did the voice for Agra. And uh and then and then I did do a quick check of the IMDB and it says Frank Oz Agra, but it says character like next to it, but it doesn't say puppeteer, oh. which is what he really is in this whole yeah. thing. Uh he's the puppeteer of Agra and many others. Uh but it doesn't say that it should say i mean unless it's like some derogatory term puppeteers don't like to be called or something or like it's a union thing i don't know but i looked at the imdb just to make sure and i saw frank oz agra so i was like okay yeah makes sense and then moved on mm-hmm. um but it, B- billy whitelaw doesn't show up until like on the imdb doesn't show up until deep into the credits and uh so i totally screwed that up i wrote both references to frank oz in this um and uh you know it's one of those things that you afterwards you're like ah shit fuck yeah oh damn it i i've had that happen where i'll i'll write something and i did research we we talked about this when you're on the show before too and then somebody in the comments will you know tell what's really going on and they're backed up and like oh okay well i guess i could have researched for another hour (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's, it's not like that's the that's the problem with certain comments they they then make assumptions about what you have done right where it's like oh well they must have just not done their research and it's like well i did want to make sure that it was him before i wrote that down and it says on the imdb Augur, yep. Frank Oz. And I'm not going to go and check and see if he didn't do the voice because it says he did it. So, right. <laughs> you know, it's, I, you, why, why should I go farther? Yeah, I said this. I think I said this even last week, and I think it bears repeating. One of the things I, I love about being able to do this show is to get, you know, is 
to go, hey, you know, every once in a while we do make mistakes. But what's interesting to me is the amount of content we're producing, the amount of jokes that we're telling in every single piece of content. Our percentage is pretty low of those times like this where it's just like, oh, kind of missed that one. Yeah. Just because it's like a second level of research you have to do. I agree. I think we do better than most do. Uh, Even like people who are just doing regular movie reviews will often say somebody's wrong name or something like that and uh and i and i'm proud of our percentage even if it's like even if it's something as low quote unquote as 90 percent, i'd be happy with that uh before we go on to the next one i also just wanted to do another shout out again to the fans that have their own culture in the comments there was a lot of references to someone named james i was like who's this james person and it led me to uh, a whole new channel i guess a guy several years ago did um uh odds one out i think is the name of the youtube channel and he has this whole uh animated uh video that he did uh revealing to his fans um in the series of like which movie messed him up the most as a child and for him and for him it was dark crystal so i started to watch it i really liked the animation style and i'm definitely going to go back and finish it i wasn't able to watch it before we started recording again today but huge shout out to the fans because they're they're on there going hey baby james and i'm like what's this baby james well the whole video is about this movie was too scary for baby james was the name of the of the um the other video that they're referencing and then like all the fans are finding each other uh, you know in this sort of like crossover of dark crystal fandom because the uh, video released by odds one out was released years ago so you think about the time difference you've got this massive fan base over here that's mm-hmm. like you know anything dark crystal is going to be referenced so anyhow i thought that was another fun part of this video for me was just finding another youtube channel that i might like um, uh let's uh let's move on to cardi b shall we oh that's Really, how do we transition to to Cardi B? I want it, I want Cardi B to do a review of the Dark Crystal. <laughs> yeah, you want, do you? You want Cardi B's Dark Crystal version? Uh, that'd be very interesting. It would be very interesting. Uh, so yeah, everything wrong with Cardi B Press. Um, I had never seen this video. I have now seen this video. Anybody else want to talk? <laughs> it's. I honestly cannot figure out what I think of Cardi B. Like she'll every now and then she'll have a song that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But then the majority of it's just like this, where I just I have no feeling whatsoever towards it. It's just also low, lowest common denominator to me. It just it all just feels very boobs. Yeah, it just it feels very much to appeal to just that that lowest part of us. In the neither regions, right around here. <laughs> The yeah the first time I was introduced to Cardi B was in the motorsport motor song by Migos, um, mm-hmm. and she comes out and immediately uh, her lyrics are basically about how she has sex with Offset. Um, that's it. That's like pretty yeah. much what it starts off with. And I was like, oh, okay. I actually did not know that's what the lyrics were for the longest time until I had found out that she was dating Offset and then went back and heard that song. And I was like, holy crap, that's all she talks about these days is like how she has sex with Offset. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if I've seen I may have seen this video. I just don't know what it, what's going on in this video. It seems to be that she's murdered people and she's on trial and then she mm-hmm. murders more people and then she goes to prison and she murders people there too. Oh, so it's like Chicago. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly mm-hmm. what it yeah. is. If, it's Cardi B if Chicago. Chicago had a uh, completely nude with the nipples removed, you know, mm-hmm. dance scene in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and in the vaginal Oh, how area. creepy was that? I, you know... It, it's, creepy or fascinating it's fa- I, I was ex- that's exactly <laughs> well maybe fascinating but it, it's really? just yeah 
I, I find it fascinating on a couple levels. Uh, one, I'm a human male, and I find the female body fascinating, and there are what? a lot of no. female bodies there. That's weird. Number mm-hmm. number two, um, and you know, I shouldn't say it that way because that has gender and sexuality assumptions, blah, blah, blah. I know all that stuff. But, um, but number two, I find it fascinating how hypocritical the idea of what you can and can't show in this kind of stuff is, and maybe that's part of the point of it. You can it. show it's 99% like, of the body. You're but telling me you just because out, there's no areola, all of a sudden that's supposed to be a different yeah. thing? It's okay. Like it's, it's okay now. It's weird. I just Our ideas on the body and what makes it, quote unquote, bad to show. Hey, Aaron, is just... careful. You're in territory where you're going to go off on a body rant. I <laughs> well, just want what to I, know. What I meant, the creepy part, though, is because the, the body suits themselves are so... Because they're, they're supposed to not look like body suits. No, they're supposed to just look naked so, without the parts. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like body... So, so it almost, they almost come off like robotic. Right. Uh, it kind of... Re- like iRobot or something like that. Like iRobot meets the Stepford Wise was what well, kept popping in my it's head. It's very much... What was the Scar Joe uh, where she she got flack for playing the... Oh, eight, Ghost in yeah, the Ghost, and it's very ghost in the shell. Yeah, yeah. That's another good example. There's also, I, I, um, there's also like a, a sort of a stigma of uh, showing the bottom of women's breasts. Like, like the, you can see the tops all you want to. But the bottom, right. like if you have a cut off shirt or something, there, there's also a stigma about that. I it's think weird. that for me, this is an interesting thing of trying to tell a story that genuinely doesn't make any sense. When you really think about it, it's kind of falling apart. Uh, so like the story itself could have been better and then then uh, on layered on top of that is what you hope is going to be potentially connecting to an artist or their artistry or their music but for me I because I can't understand her and that's just me I mean I know that some people are super big Cardi B fans I can't understand her and then if I read the lyrics I don't relate to the lyrics either so it's just it's a, a for me she's a very She's an interesting, intriguing character that lives out in the world somewhere, and I don't know that I want to spend my time getting to know what she is putting out, like her artistry is putting out. However, I did find it interesting, the bodysuit part, as a woman, we've talked about this before, let's not go off on another rant, as a woman- Just seeing, try and stop me. No, I'm just Seeing the, the, human, the, the female form on display in such a way where it's not being blurred and- like it's actually there people can see it i'm like wow that i'm just i'm not used to that quote unquote being okay you know what i mean probably because i don't consume a lot of pop culture media i'm not Mm. watching a lot of music videos and and except for now these days i do these days i watch them for you guys you're welcome (laughs) Mm -hmm. um well this is very different like you wouldn't have seen this on mtv but you can see this on youtube right i mean it's just it's just the way the videos are you know dished out these days and i don't quite and maybe i maybe i'll do the weird thing where i go back and i watch it again but like i also don't understand the bodysuit thing because it genuinely just looked like they just blurred out the breasts so if they were wearing bodysuits i'm calling the nipples actually not I'm, the breasts right, there's a the ton nipples. of breasts there <laughs> i'm no, I, the reason i think it's a suit is because there's a design where the nipples are yeah unless that's a tattoo I, i'm gonna tell you i but watched I this very carefully uh, and <laughs> this is what I we're choosing to really design, focus though, on. No, 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 no. I, d- I actually didn't. I actually didn't watch it. I just watched it once through. But my opinion was there that they were actually naked, and then they computer generated. That's you know, what. I, oh, they, they very well might have been computer generated suits. That was but. that was just that was my instinct well, was those are actual bodies. I, my assumption is that it was sort of like um, you know pantyhose suits where it's mm-hmm. maybe they do have something that's pulled over their body, but it's something that's so sheer 
sure that you can still see could be. muscle tone and everything. And even in all the females that were there, you could see so much detail of their individual bodies. And this is just me talking real straight talk here. I find I'm like, oh, look, that's a body that looks like mine. Oh, that's a different kind of a body. And I like seeing various mm-hmm. bodies. And also I, I, I also am fascinated by you guys are going to think I'm such an idiot for saying this out loud on the show. <laughs> Go for it. I am such an idiot for saying this. Chris, judge me. I am so sorry. I find breast pl- implants really interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I, for the longest time could not tell what real breasts and fake breasts like the difference between mm-hmm. the two so when i saw her i was like okay i think those are fake because they're, <laughs> they're super round <laughs> like that's not normal right like i don't know so for me i i'm curious about that more than i am about any kind of sexuality to it you're curious about whether or not she has fake breasts? yes <laughs> and then comparing it to the other females like i wonder if she has them too did I, you feel like there was a lot of body diversity i didn't feel like there was a lot of body diversity in that group no what it went really fast is what i'm saying oh, i only yeah. watched it once i'm yeah. like oh, i want to go back and look and see these different body types See, that's my that's my thing if you're making a point of, i i don't think she is i no, think, she's I think being, hers is very much about sexual yeah it's, you all, know, it's, it's titillation all right yeah, yeah, yeah. and that and that is and that's why i get upset because not only is there not body diversity in this moment where you're showing the human female body uh you're also sexual completely sexualizing it and the idea in that again without getting into the rant because denise told me i can't i i I wouldn't say can't i would say let's just be cautious we've done it before that's the issue for me is naked body does not equal sex and this video is putting the two together exclusively i really didn't get sex from it oh you didn't when they were grabbing themselves and no okay i mean does michael i i don't yeah i don't i don't i personally don't think this video is I mean, the beginning of it for sure. Not sexual it, in the way you're saying. Yeah, interesting. I, the beginning of it, I think for sure was. Maybe it's just the words she was saying while they were. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't listening. I was. I looking mean, she at did boobs. say they're sucking on my dick with no teeth. Oh, yeah. oh, that oh. Make you think. Oh, that's true. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to watch this video 25 <laughs> times to figure out if you what you guys are saying is right. Oh, oh God. I love the, the conversations we're forced to get into on here. I know. I, I will say, though, she has some she does have some good music, but this is not in my opinion. This isn't one of them. I, I think I like it like that it was a really cool uh, a pop song. How are we going to transition to the horror movie, Aaron? Well, let's just do it. Let's talk about uh, Curse of La Llorona. Uh, this was an Atkinson. Yeah, you said it right. Yeah, well, it's two L's, so that's la, a Y sound. La, la Llorona. Uh, Atkinson Watkins joint. So we've got both the writers here with us today to chat about this one. Take it away, gents. Uh, yeah, honestly, because I've never seen this. I have seen the Sins video. I am not a horror movie fan, uh, so it's not necessarily something that would appeal to me anyway. But I would love to hear kind of you guys' experience with this movie because it looks like it's not even a good horror movie. Yeah. No, this it's is not. this is uh yeah, this is straight shitty. It's pretty evident throughout the whole movie that I don't think they ever wanted this to be a conjuring piece of the conjuring mm-hmm. universe. I think they added Father Perez like later or something. They had to have because But isn't there an Annabelle reference in it too? Didn't I see that in the video? Father Perez. Yeah, he thinks that's what he's saying. He thinks they added it. Oh, but, I see. I see. Yeah, Father Perez was in Annabelle and he's in this and there's a point where so he shows up while Linda Cardellini is looking at the funeral thing for the two kids who die at the beginning. And uh, and then she goes to him and asks him for some advice. But then he just says, go to go to this other guy. 
and then mm-hmm. and then and then they uh i mean it's something Cuckoo. that she could have probably just done on her own and and I, it feels almost like like there was a point where in the movie she does just go to that dude and, and and then but but they had to make it seem like she sought out advice from this father perez guy mm-hmm. yeah you could absolutely remove like those three scenes from the movie yeah. and it would it there you would not plus, notice something plus was usually when they have uh when they're it's something universe specific they they like to put in like little touches um mm-hmm. that you know it the the demon itself ties in to the universe somehow or, or you know they'll find a way to to you know tie it in with the conjuring guy or whatever or they'll or they'll like uh preview something else that they're trying to trying to get started as a movie like the nun was in annabelle creation i think mm-hmm. um uh they, they they'll do stuff like that in this it's really just the fact that father perez is in it is the only way that this is connected well and then he makes that comment like we have these people that we use a lot but we're not gonna be able to get them this time which i would assume he's referring to the warren yeah, yeah. But he never says that. But also, but that was so weird, too, because we, we referenced this in a sin that they decided to tie it to The Conjuring, which I assume because they thought they would make more money, but then they didn't advertise it. No, they didn't. In fact, uh, here's some really behind-the-sin stuff. This is what you come here for, guys. That's right. It's about to happen. This this really, really unimportant detail here. <laughs> um, I had the nun scheduled as a tentpole for Curse of La Llorona because I wasn't sure when the next Annabelle was coming out. It said on Wikipedia that, the, oh, sometime in 2019, or actually didn't even really have a date on it. And, uh, and so I, I scheduled the nun for that week. And, uh, and, uh, I was like, eh, I get, I think after, right after I scheduled it, they announced the, uh, Annabelle returns or whatever the hell it's called. And, uh, Annabelle comes home. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to put it there. And then Jonathan, Mr. Horror knowledge over there was like <laughs> curse of La Llorona really is actually a conjuring universe thing. And I was like, Oh, yeah, cool. They showed it at a film festival. And uh, so a bunch of people on Twitter that saw the movie at the film festival are like, hey, this is a Conjuring movie. Like that night yeah. that Chris emailed It's me. insane how stuff like that happens. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, we just got done with a podcast where we're, we – talked about all the fall movies coming out and and uh and there's like five or six instances where we were like well we haven't seen a trailer yet and then the next day the trailers for all those movies <laughs> came out uh but uh yeah man the curse of la llorona is just bad and it's based on a um a real urban legend thing that's uh, i think it's in mexico and it's something that could be a good movie if you just focused on that and you focused on uh what exactly the what exactly that demon wants because in the movie it's really unclear whether they want to where she whether she wants to take the kids forever and and she somehow has kids in the afterlife or if she's just taking kids left and right and they just they're dead and that's it and she keeps looking for more and i thought it was i actually thought it was just total nonsense that this ghost who killed herself killed her own kids killed herself gets to haunt anything afterwards uh because most of the time there's like some sort of um there's a there's a wrongful death involved when they get to do that and this one it just seemed like oh well i killed myself oh and now i get to go in the afterlife and haunt others um, didn't make sense to me. It's one of those movies too, where they don't really know which way they want to go. Because I mean, you've got like, I mean, you've got kid murder in this movie, like all over the place. Yeah. 
but it never really is that dark of a movie. No. So well, that seems like, like an so accomplishment. 100% doesn't earn those scenes. Right. And I'm okay with, like, I don't want to necessarily see a movie on kid murder, but I'm just saying if you're going to go there, I'm really confused as to why you're even the doing that. The movie also constantly, this is one of the biggest examples of a movie going against its own rules so many times. Uh, the the idea that once La Llorona touches you, she's got control of you, that just kind of like evaporates in the movie. It goes off and on in the movie. There's a point where she she has touched all of them, and there's only one scene where the, the son is in control, uh, is being controlled by her, and then he snaps out of it, and then it never happens again. And she, then she touches the daughter a second time and she's under control for a wit for a little bit and then she then then she snaps out of it yeah uh there's also the whole thing where the raymond cruz character the the one they get to to help them out at the house uh says that the demons are tied to the house not, not tied to the house it's tied <laughs> to the family just like a lot of these demon movies we've been seeing uh yeah. but then proceeds to do a whole bunch of stuff involving the house um that's that's the part of the video i was going to bring up because it it just it seemed like this this horror movie more than any other horror movie i've ever heard us in absolutely threw away any rule that it stated and was just like yeah we'll just do whatever we want yeah pretty much they just wanted to have they had ideas for scenes and they wanted to do these scenes and then forgot that that what they said in the movie contradicts what those scenes say yeah and it was like, and he said, like he he said that it was after them, and not it was not attached to the house. And then maybe two lines later, we have to get to the house immediately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like yeah, it's absolutely like immediate after he says that. Uh, <laughs> like why couldn't we just do it here in the shop right. if they're attached to you? Right. And then 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 the whole thing is like a, this subterfuge where he's like put candles around the family and he's just trying to draw the demon to them and whatever. And I was like, you could have done this. Yeah, exactly as you said. Could have done this in your shop, man, if that was the case. I feel like as someone who really does not like horror or any kind of like scary movie, I just don't like going there. I'm way too jumpy in real life and I am a a weapon already because I know martial arts. Like I don't want to hurt people. So if I watch a scary movie, I'm even worse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's like for everyone's safety, I just don't watch scary movies. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I don't know like what like what scary-esque movies you actually have seen and you do like i would imagine the dark this crystal would, huh? <laughs> yeah. the dark crystal the dark crystal is scarier than this movie <laughs> well I was, but I, at the same time there are like i said there's like she kills kids and like you see that yeah and, I, I, don't, mean, I don't i don't i can't like even watching it yeah that's definitely a trigger i mean i get that because it is for me too having a kid i mean right. i never enjoy that but, i do want to say though that after watching the uh video and seeing how ridiculous it is i'm like well maybe i could watch this one because now they've sinned it and so it's all falling apart so maybe i can just mm. not try to understand what's going on and just watch it because it's just stupid. Yeah, don't watch it there's a, there's an element of like the pulling back of the curtain yeah and the wizards there and you're like yeah. oh. oh okay this is just stupid there's actually good horror movies you could watch I, I would not watch this one so that was going to be one of my questions um seeing how terrible this one is and you guys both watching it and talking about just all the plot falling apart etc etc even I, I like how you guys even mentioned wouldn't the kids be terrified that they've been touched by ghosts and they're just totally acting normal mm-hmm. so you know even all of that stuff and just how stupid it all was but i was going to ask just uh for the horror fans out there and there are many um even in discord right now i i let them know that you guys are talking and they they rightfully guessed which movie you guys are going on about <laughs> and several of them are like yes let 
Jonathan, go on and on about horror movies because you've got horror <laughs> fans. So if this one's an example of a terrible one that doesn't have a good plot, it doesn't have a good, you know, nothing kind of all holds together. What is one that you would recommend people go watch? That's similar to this? Yeah. Kind of got that similar um, kind of creepy. Probably the best ghost story I've ever seen on film is The Changeling. You've seen this too, right, Chris? Yeah, I love The Changeling. Yeah, it's uh, 1980, I believe, George C. Scott. Um, I will say, and as far as the Conjuring verse movies go, I like the Conjuring. I just haven't really liked anything else. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the first Conjuring is really good. The second one's actually decent too, but yeah, it's okay. It's a little too long. Yeah, it's too but long. It's okay, but it's it's uh, those are actually pretty good. Um, well, especially compared to these. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I am not a horror fan, but I I think the first Conjuring movie is very good. Um, it's just a really well yeah. done film. Uh, so there there are those moments. And by the way, uh, this is the Changeling, not changeling right that's a, Correct. That's a completely yeah, different changeling movie from 1980 changeling this is not the angelina jolie movie changeling which is also a good movie is also a horror movie uh in many ways yeah uh <laughs> so there is that as well yeah um did so tell me this about the puddle at the end and the reflection is was that the whole scene was there yeah. any more there was that no was there was yeah, no, no sound it. there was no like image there was nothing it went goes to black immediately um that's crazy yeah mm-hmm. i and i rewound it i was like maybe there's something i'm missing i turned the volume up i tried to do a whole bunch of stuff to, to, to maybe there's something i'm just missing maybe her face changes or something i don't know and what you see is exactly what how it ends wow that's amazing uh no i, I doubt i will ever be seeing the curse of la Llorona. well and to, to brag about chris a little to give him some love in the sense here he did write it he wrote that great crisscross reference nice <laughs> that i yeah. i got it i had forgotten that song existed also chris have you actually read flowers in the attic uh yeah a long time ago oh wow um, and there was also a couple of like talking about stuff that's just crazy random happenstance there was a save the last dance reference in this because one of the <laughs> yes. actors was in save yeah, the last dance yeah. there was this and there was randomly a Save the Last Dance reference in a recent video, too. And I couldn't remember what it was, and I couldn't find it, but I know it was in a recent CinemaSense video prior to this hmm. that I had nothing to do with. That's hmm. great. I did dig the uh, Velma is watching Scooby-Doo moment. Uh, yes. Just the Linda Cardellini uh, actually having Scooby-Doo on the TV. Yeah, both smile. of us wrote on that one. Um, we did. Uh, uh, and, uh, Jonathan had written one thing, and I wrote another. Uh, I, I think it... I think it ends up being mine, but I I don't know. It, yeah, I think I, so. I, I, mine was some. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know if we had implemented some of yours into it. I can't remember. Mine was something like because uh, Velma's not in the scene she's watching, so I wrote something like, "Oh, now I see why Velma's not in this episode because she's at that house." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yours was a lot more to the point and. You know, you didn't have to think about it. As, so I was just like, I'll just let mine go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know that was appreciated in the comments because people were trying to figure out who they, where they knew the actress from. And so mm-hmm. that sin actually sort of helped them connect the dots. Freaks so. and Geeks is where you know that actress from. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And Linda Cardellini's great. And she's actually good in this movie. Yeah, she's uh, she's perpetually wasted. She's you know, mm-hmm. Daddy's Home was one was where she wasn't used very often. Though of course she's Hawkeye's wife. That's about as worthless as it gets. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I literally <laughs> thought she meant like she's just drunk or something like perpetually oh, she wasted. She could be, you know. <laughs> let's, let's just let's just this, go with uh, that. Let's do something very libelous. <laughs> she's also in this uh, movie that uh, was really bad and didn't win any awards called Green Book. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Right. Well. <laughs> That's right. Isn't she just the I wife in Vigo Mortensen's wife in that? She's yep. always just playing a wife. <laughs> 
poor Linda Cardellini. Uh, I was glad the Friday the 13th Part 3 opening titles thing worked. Yes, oh, that yeah, was that was great. beautiful. I didn't know if that was going to work or not, but I was glad to see it did. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was great. Good job, guys. Well done. Thank Woo-hoo. you. We are awesome. That was the. That's the whole point of this podcast. We just we should have called it the We Are Awesome podcast. That's right. That's, just that's pimp everything point. that we wrote that people said something about. We're happy Woo. about that. Woo. Let's move on to music from behind. Uh, this one also about Cardi B. Uh, what did you guys think of this video? Moving uh, on. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've enjoyed all of them. I, I've I've actually not had any hand in them, and um, uh, but I've enjoyed all of them so far. Uh, I have and this too. one is this one is another one that goes off onto a you know a huge deep tangent um, of her origins and everything and uh, yeah I'm I'm digging it yeah I also love how the same thing is happening with the comments I think that's probably besides how hilarious the videos are because they continue to just blow my mind uh, with their funniness and just over the topness I love seeing the growing fan base this is the first time I've had a chance i mean you guys have probably seen this multiple times with launching different channels but this is the first time i've been able to personally watch something new like start and then see how the fans are reacting to it Mm -hmm. and to see how much love it's getting just it warms my heart uh i laughed out loud uh at the constant references to her sex parts uh yeah i thought that was hilarious it's it's great because it's just straight ridiculous jokes and i love it yeah it was well, like the idea that, that Amigos was uh, three doctors. Yeah. Uh, they, they decided to follow Cardi around and make sure that her, yeah. like, operation stays, you know, stays intact yeah. or whatever. It yeah. just keeps and then going. having to wrap my head around the fact that Offset is essentially uh, having sex with a former bird. Right, right. That's that's <laughs> what that, that's what I sat at the end of that video was thinking. I was like, wow, that, it gets really dark places if you think about it. Real, if like if, if it was real, it gets dark. Uh, I love the thumbnail of Cardi B with her beak. beak. That's just so funny. Oh my god. I feel like all I'm ever going to say about this segment is it's just so funny. I know. But it is. I, that, that that is that is really what happens. The comments given a lot of love to uh, while the machine machined uh, yeah. part of the video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is uh, one that uh, yeah. We, I wish we could get Barrett on here and he could mm-hmm. like get us a little bit more. He'll be on the next week's episode though. That is correct. Ooh, Barrett, a glimpse into the future. A little bit yeah. of a tease. A little bit of a tease. And Danae will probably still be here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Danae will definitely still be here. All right, let's move on to keeping tabs. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, mm-hmm. those are my dogs. Mm-hmm. Those are my. 
Can I talk? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is this how Aaron feels? When we're... Okay. We're going to try this. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. Uh, we're going to pick a couple things from the editing process, tabs we can remember having open, uh, searches that were funny or embarrassing, maybe even some deleted sins that we wanted you to know about. Deleted! Um, a little bit of strong bad there yeah, today? Yeah. A little bit of strong bad? Yeah, I'm really glad you know that reference because I myself forgot where it was from. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. It's just in my it's just in my brain somewhere. Deleted. Deleted. Uh, all right. Uh, what do you guys got? Jonathan, why don't you start? What's, uh, what's uh, something you want to talk about? Um, yeah, so Futurama, which this ended up being, I guess this is technically a deleted sin too, but I wrote a sin about um, where I include where I included a reference to the Flat Earth Society. Yeah. And so I Googled about that because it was one of those things where I'm like, I think this exists. And then I was sad to realize that it did. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, although if we have any Flat Earthers that like our podcast, welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we disagree tune out for the next few minutes but um no so i looked that up and then and then i just i spent like probably 15 20 minutes on this website because it was insane yeah um and then they gave some reasons why they believe this um and i thought that was interesting so i wrote uh-huh. some of these down go for it yeah the horizon love, always to rises to meet at eye level was one of them what was it the horizon always rises to meet at eye level okay so, so that means the earth's flat Yes. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Oh, okay. By so the way, all of these things, I think, uh, I'm trying to think if it was Neil deGrasse Tyson who went through all these once, and he was basically saying that um, no matter what you come up with as a fact, they have a counter argument to it. Oh, that's 100% true. I mean, in some Their ways FAQ you can... FAQ section, everyone should go check it out. Mm-hmm. I, in some ways, it's almost a testament to the power of the human imagination, right? Like, yeah. it's almost a testament to how powerful we can create, you know, uh, our own truths. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's depressing. Yeah, this is like a precursor but to Twitter, basically. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know, it all comes from this idea that the moon landing was staged or you know like we are able to take well, things that seem so evident in and just go but what if this mm. happened instead and so. that's part of it they the moon the moon landing thing because most people question like well what about you know this the the pictures mm-hmm. and then they're like you know well you can't trust photographic evidence from nasa because of the inconsistent lighting of the moon footage right, right. Yeah. and then the astronauts have been bribed and coerced into their testimony yeah. Um, and, oh, and then my favorite though was the question was why do people lie about the shape of the Earth? Which they gave a few different examples, but my favorite was to hide the truth of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and I god! Didn't know if Aaron, and I haven't read the Bible in a while. I didn't know if Aaron or Danae could <laughs> make me understand what they're talking about. I'm not that good of a Christian. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to use the Bible. Uh, to so, to talk yeah, about. If you want to, if you want to have an interesting day, go check out the Flat Earth Society website. <laughs> they have podcasts too. By the of way, of course they do from 2016. Yeah, 
He's like, how? What? How? You can't. Yeah, you can't possibly have a diversified podcast on that, right? Like each one of them is like, well, great, we're going to talk about how the Earth is flat today. Let's talk about that. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I tried to get one to load because I was just curious, but it wouldn't even load. It's so probably because the Earth is uh, actually round is the reason why you can't uh, get this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> It could absolutely anyway, be. That was my research for the mm-hmm. week. Very nice. Danae, what do you got? Uh, also from Futurama, I looked up the word Fortran. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, which, again, just a testament to the show and how they think about the small details. Um, Bender in the bar is drinking a beer called or Old Fortran, and yep. it is an old programming language. I took a class. And he's a robot, so it's just so cool. And so smart that he's drinking a liquid that is made from old mm-hmm. programming language. So. You know, it's it's a really great joke because, honestly, they could have gone with a, a, a much more basic joke there as well. And, oh. And, but they went with something a little oh. more clever. So. Like a little bit more C++? I took yeah. a class. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. They went with a joke that was a little better. Maybe great at like a C++. Somewhere yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, they, the, I took a class of Fortran in at Tennessee Tech. Um, and I think, it, and it was already an outdated uh, programming language then, of course. But uh, they they teach you that as sort of a baseline for like uh, the later, more complex programming languages. So it gets mm-hmm. you in the uh, the the headspace of how programming works. So that's the simplest one that they can start with. And uh, so yeah, it's interesting that they they still taught it even though it was out you know outdated. But it sort of gets you in that like baseline thing. Yeah, yeah there was and there was another one like about I think at the very beginning it was Fracas Junior. And I looked up the word fracas, which means to make a noise. And mm-hmm. yeah, and they just I believe had, it's pronounced fracas. Yeah, sure, whatever. But sure. Uh, hey, listen, the Earth. Is questionably Listen, shaped. I just remember and my, I can make it my reality. Fracas, fracas. <laughs> I just remember my dad used to yell down the stairs. Quit making a yeah. ruckus? Fracas. A fracas. Yeah. Speaking of that fracas, Junior, though, I forgot to mention we were talking about Futurama. Those, those two people drinking wine yeah. at that pizza In the background. Joint, I don't know why that made me laugh so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like going to Pizza Hut and having wine. Are we only doing one keeping tab? No, no, no. You can do two. You can do two. I've only got one. I'll go ahead and do mine. Um, you know, mine was also for Futurama because I didn't write on anything else this week. Uh, but there was the ass full of laser uh, multiple choice mm-hmm. question about the. I love those are some of my favorite ones to do. Mm-hmm. And we always like to end those with, you know, the name of my such and such type band. So I did a search for uh, obscure music genres, and boy, oh boy, are there some obscure music genres. Yeah. No, I've done that same search. Uh, and I you ended- guys are amazing. <laughs> I'm sure, like, in maybe down the road, I'll be like, so I did the search for obscure X of whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll come across ones, and you'll be like, oh yeah, I've been looking at that website for years. Uh, the one that I ended up going with was Cuddlecore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And- and I thought you had made that up. That's a legit thing. This is a legit uh, type of music. For aggressive wow. cuddling? It is twee pop, uh, a subgenre of indie pop that originates from uh, this compilation in 1986. It's characterized by its simplicity and perceived innocence. Some of its defining features are boy-girl harmonies, catchy melodies, and lyrics about love. Uh, some famous cuddlecore bands are Bunny Grunt. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, the Shonen Knife, the Softies, and Tullycraft. Uh, in case mm. you wanted to know more about uh, some famous cuddlecore bands, but uh, 
that one made me laugh that cuddlecore is an actual music genre. Yeah. Because we're really going to be expanding our Spotify playlists. Yeah. Which, by the way, we got several people that sent in their um, end of the, like, the three songs that would play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, that was a good question. Uh, what do you got in your keeping tabs, Chris? Uh, so not, like, not much, I guess not much on Dark Crystal other than I just wanted to make sure when Fraggle Rock started. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because Dark Crystal was before Fraggle Rock, but I still wanted to make a Fraggle joke somewhere, and uh, and that's where I ended up, you know, where they they're playing the instruments and everything, and it says you wake up the Fraggles. <laughs> I did they, like <laughs> that one. See, I do like your jokes. Yeah, yeah. You just just not just not memorable enough to say on a podcast <laughs> in front of everybody. <laughs> um, I'm so fired. But uh, you guys are going to come out of this podcast thinking I'm pissed off at you and I'm pissed <laughs> off at Jeremy and all that, and I is so far from the truth oh uh, no i know you way too well yeah um but uh the uh the, i just wanted to look that up because i wanted to see because i thought that fraggle rock might have come out at around the same time but it was like three years apart uh fraggle rock came out in 85 i believe uh on hbo mm-hmm. um and i remember watching it because we got hbo back in the day um uh, and that's how I saw a lot of the movies that I saw never ending story, the natural, yeah. uh, all of those. Um, but Fraggle rock, I, I never watched it religiously, but I did love watching the intro to it and the song and everything. So, uh, but I did want to bring, I just wanted to see when Fraggle rock came out. And also, uh, there's the scene with the bats, uh, when they, they tell the bats to go out and find, uh, the gelflings and everything. And the bats are these crudely drawn, like animated things that are coming out and that's the batman sin that's in there uh and i wanted to find out if that was rotoscoped animation uh, from what i can tell it's not um but uh because rotoscoped animation is when they draw over an, ex- an existing like uh fit, like something that they've shot like kind of like scanner darkly right yeah, yeah, yeah um and everything but i remember i remember seeing some stuff back in the day that had been called rotoscoped and it had that same kind of like feature and everything anyway i just wanted to see if dark crystal used rotoscoped animation apparently nothing that i can come up with says that it did but i still wanted to i, I just wanted to put the word rotoscope in that so that's what i ended up doing i find looking at uh the history of animation is one of the most fascinating explorations you can do just the idea of drawing every frame it's just it's such an uh like a a process in a task and to think of the fact that like in snow white and you know a lot of these old animated films they're they're having to draw 30 pictures for every second of film you know that kind of thing I, yeah. I don't know i just i find it very fascinating like the the technical like the they talk about the plane uh what did they call that the where they'd use like um different planes that disney would yeah use you've seen that movie. video did you yeah is it possible that you sent me that video there there's a, there's a that's a, a fascinating fascinating look yeah and how they made those those sort of three-dimensional worlds quote unquote mm-hmm. yeah it's animation is re- a really fascinating thing to kind of dig into and, and see how the process has changed over the years um so yeah rotoscoping is definitely a part of that all right today um i have another one that i looked up was the uh, circle line cruise 
for Futurama, okay. which I discovered was a real thing. If you pause at the right exact moment, whenever at the opening credits, he's flying underneath the water and there's like the sunken cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Apparently there, it's a real cruise ship. They cruise the harbor of New York, hmm. um, which is interesting. And then the other thing uh, that I had written down was actually one that was cut. And this is a good segment into the comments because it came up in the comments and I was feeling super proud of myself. Now, <laughs> I, Aaron likes to do this whole thing where like, we're all on the same team. One good joke is everyone's good joke. But I'm going to stand on my own little soapbox right now. <laughs> and I'm going to say with confidence, I should have fought for this one. This one got cut, mm-hmm. but I should have fought for it. Now, before you go into this, I know what you're talking about. Why will, didn't you let me keep it in, Aaron? I, I, you, you, you probably <laughs> wouldn't have won. We could have taken it to a vote about everybody. But go ahead and tell everybody what you're talking about. It's Bender's arms getting put back yes. on. It is the joke the show makes. The the, the show is make because they even reference it, right? Do like, they? Yeah. Fry even says, I don't even know how you did that or... You know, oh. something like that. Oh, well, then, uh, yeah, it definitely should have been cut. Well, that was not very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I think during my sort of note taking, I wrote something about that and then just ended up going, eh, I'm not even going to try to introduce this because the the show itself is already joking about it. And so, you know, yeah, I, I should have, I guess I should have realized that they were making that joke because you're absolutely right. They had the perfect lead in, which mm-hmm. is because they set it up because it was on purpose. <laughs> See, this is why right. we talk about these things. Yeah. This is our group therapy. By the way, we haven't said it clearly out loud. The idea is that Bender has his both arms his arms off, are off yeah. and then you see him put one arm on and then use that arm to put the other arm on. It's like, well, right. which arm did he... How did he put it on with an arm that wasn't attached to him? That's the... Which, he's, got, tell- he's got that iron giant thing where they just, That's right. you know... I was also really proud of the joke that I wrote because I it took me a while to figure out how to explain it Mm because you're trying to write out how does someone put their arms on if they don't have any arms on to put on. Right, yeah, yeah. So I guess what I'm really frustrated about is that I didn't understand that Futurama made the joke and that I wasted (laughs) a lot of time writing a joke that was never used. Yeah, you know, sometimes that'll happen where you're watching something and then you press pause and then you go and write your thing and then you press play and the thing that explains it or is funny is in the middle of that little like abrupt, you know, whatever when you Mm start it back up. Um, So yeah, it can happen. It did. Ha- it happened to me, and I appreciate this therapy moment with you guys <laughs> and being able to work out that angst. Well, it, it does bring up the thing that we've talked about, too, about doing the animation. I think Chris kind of referenced this at the beginning, too, which is these are broad joke situations, and it's it's not as funny for us to make a joke that the show's already making, you know, and that's going to happen time and time again in these, these kind of shows where they are doing something ridiculous to make a joke of it, and really the only joke we can make is when we say, okay, enough of that or where we say okay that doesn't excuse it you know we can kind of make those jokes Mm -hmm. but if that was one of those cases where it was just like yeah i think that was the point the point was we're supposed to get it aaron (laughs) we can move on now (laughs) my wound i don't know have we have we piled on her yet enough (laughs) i don't think jonathan's said yeah jonathan hasn't contributed to to, (laughs) yeah to insulting Danae's, you know, joke telling process. Oh, he did. He did earlier though. He's the That's one who right. started it. That's right. Yeah, it was me. Because he, because she's a woman. <laughs> All right. Uh, Even though that was clearly a joke, though, somebody's going to comment. Well, oh, no. of course. Yeah. No, look, look. Yeah. yeah, we we probably shouldn't joke so hard about it yeah, either guys. because it does become like almost serious when you do that. Well, I guess I should make an official statement. 
I'm fine. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> but you know, even then, there'll be people like she said she's fine because she feels pressure. She has That's to right. say it really yeah. inside. She's yeah. not fine. That's she's, right. Yeah. And, and behind the scenes, she is telling Aaron. all of her friends that I've been they, over she here hates weeping. Us. Yeah. You no, know, I've been over here doodling. In fact, just to mention, I'm going to put another picture of a doodle up in Discord. That's how upset I am. I've been <laughs> Sweet. doodling the whole time. <laughs> all right, uh, <laughs> let's move on to the comment section. I want to know. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're going to take a look at a comment or two from the week's videos. Um, and then we've got a question in the section that came into the email as well that we will address. Um, so, yeah, Chris, let's start with you. What are uh, some of the comments you wanted to, to talk about? Um, so for La Llorona, the, some of the most of the top comments seem to be about how for Hispanic people, La Llorona, La Llorona is a huge, like awesome ghost story. So many of them were talking about how the adaptation of the for the the movie and everything was just awful. Um, so so that was a that was a thing. Uh, one thing that I I watched part of when I after I saw the movie was I watched a little bit of the behind the scenes. And watching these actors try to try to say, "Wow, what a great story this is," and everything, with you know, trying to sell their movie, yeah, and everything, it's just you know, I, I wonder sometimes if people like when they're telling these things, like, "Oh my God, I heard the story when I was a kid," and everything. Mm. They're they're not really relating uh, the story to the movie they just shot. They're not it's like yeah, that story might be scary, but the story you guys told was terrible. <laughs> um, you do wonder sometimes like how much uh, verbal integrity they're trying to have as actors. Like if they're trying to work their way around, you know, not saying the movie is bad by talking about other things, or if they're just willing to completely sell out and go, yeah, this movie's awesome. You know, like where everybody's line is on that you know part of the because i've heard actors very rarely but will say yeah that was uh that was an awful movie i was in but uh, for the <laughs> yeah. most part for the most part they have to kind of play a part right they have to kind of sell the movie and so it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear what they have to say that's where that's where they do their best acting i think a lot of times <laughs> that's right. um the uh the one uh, jonathan had written a, a a sin in there about um la llorona saying something in spanish and we didn't get the subtitles Mm -hmm. There were people who were kind enough to translate for us. Yeah. Um, they said, uh, it's something along the lines of, you're going to stay with me forever, even though there's like two other interpretations that I found in the comments. Uh, but it's going, it's basically that. Uh, yes, that would have been nice to know. Exactly. Yeah, that was super weird, because you would have thought that would have, like, why wouldn't you subtitle that? Right. Because <laughs> we have no idea what she's saying to him. It's uh, it would be nice to know that what her motivations are because as we said before the the motivations for what she's doing not really registering at all. You know this is not this is not the case with this movie, but I have heard of directors uh, being subtitle averse because they want it to feel authentic. You know, mm -hmm. and when the words you know pop up, it you know makes it feel like it's a movie that kind of thing in fact uh mm -hmm. the rumor was and i think this is true i think i've heard mel gibson talk about this the passion of the christ was originally supposed to be in the original languages yep. with no subtitles i remember and that the, and the idea was that somebody just popped a camera down at the time of jesus and you just left to deal with you know what you're seeing um that's ridiculous to me like i can't mm -hmm. imagine how that benefits anyone but just that idea of for authenticity's sake you know 
don't even show people what they're saying. I kind of yeah. like in that. In some cases, I think that makes sense. But in this case, that, that felt like something we should have seen. Exactly. Right. Like for Passion of the Christ, I think most people, and I don't want I'm not speaking for everyone, but I'm saying most people, especially in my bubble, know the story very, very well. And so if it was something that was being done in a completely different language, I think that'd be kind of interesting because I know the story. Mm-hmm. But I was very movie, upset in Passion of the Christ that they left out the whole like where he had that contract in Vegas and he was doing shows. <laughs> that was really upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing that uh, came up during uh, my running through the comments was um, someone mentioned that there is such a thing as consecrated ground, which I know. Um, the the it's one of those <laughs> things where you write a sin and then someone argues something, and again, I hate bringing this up, but it seems strawmanish in a way. Um, but it's it's they sort of find a wedge to uh, argue about something mm-hmm. um uh you know the idea is is if this if we, we live in a world where like yeah priests can go over and and uh, make things consecrated or holy water or whatever they might believe that but i think in the back of their heads they know that the stuff that they're doing isn't really protecting them from anything mm-hmm. um and uh and in this world though this guy actually has this power. He makes their whole pool holy water. Um, and uh, and I'm sitting there going, if you have that actual power, why can't we make the whole world that? Why can't, the, why can't there just not be any evil at all in the world? Why don't you get all the priests in the, of the world to join hands and then like make the whole world you know, not evil? And uh, and and then, you know, of course, when we say something like that, someone has to say, well, there is such thing as this and that, and whatever. It's like we weren't saying there wasn't. <laughs> We're just saying that in a movie world, if there's a if there's something that prevents evil from happening, why don't we do it for everything? Well, in fact, in fact, that comment actually kind of backs up the joke, right? Like the the idea that there's consecrated ga- ground makes that joke stronger. You know, yeah, like, it why does. are we using that? You know, right. Uh, Danae, you got one? Nope. None? I'm kidding. Okay. Of course I have I have comments. Um one from the same movie was from Francisco I don't know how to say her last name. Uh hold on, I'm gonna try. Golisano. Okay. Okay. Uh there are demons with bounds. For example, the one that makes only one sock disappear in the washing machine. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> yep. that's pretty limited to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I loved that comment. Um, Absolutely. The only other comment that I had was all about the Futurama conversation, which was all around um, aliens not destroying New York because Bender did it in his time mm-hmm. travel. Yeah. Uh, and then it really just goes into that's why I didn't touch the that particular building. So that was part of it. And then there's probably 15 comments of other incredible Futurama fans that just continue to go deeper into yeah. the whole universe. And so... I don't know. It was a really fun comment thread to kind of get stuck on and and read more about. And they like weren't how... being ugly about it, no. right? They were just they were just saying, "Hey, this is what happened," which is cool. I like that. Yeah, like I mean, there's some people that are like we only find out about it later, so you know it's a sin now because we didn't know about it. And so there's there's that kind of happening. But to me, my interpretation of reading it is that it's not snarkiness as much as it's a blend of people talking about the sin plus the fact that this is such a smart show. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really enjoyed that entire well, see, what thread. What I got from that was Danae probably wrote that because she's a woman mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and doesn't know anything. Yep. That's right. I yeah. I am I'm clearly the dumbest one here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, Mainly probably, because yeah. of the chromosome thing. <laughs> I'm very, very smart, but compared to these guys, nope, nope. 
<laughs> uh, Jonathan, what you got? Um, from Music From Behind, there was something written by Silent Night 1214. It said, this was the best episode of Music From Behind the Sins thus far. Keep up the fantastic work. Cinema Sins A-Team and B-Team. The reason I included that was because I like that this A-Team and B-Team is kind of becoming a thing. Yeah, that's kind mm-hmm. of fun. Yeah. Because of Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I was just giving him credit. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, but I, while we're talking about comments, I have uh, been leaving comments in the comment section um i even left a comment on the ones like hey i'm gonna address this like the bender arm thing uh-huh. i'm gonna address this on the podcast so if people are like i'm, I'm actually kind of going in there and leaving teasers to listening to the show am i is oh, that no. okay? i thought you were like trying to say like you were silent night one two one four <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. you like have all these different youtube names you're just leaving comments uh, i did Con- joke about uh, what did i just say i don't think that was common i think it was like condiments i think i heard <laughs> condiments <laughs> You're going in. You're going in there, and leaving condiments. <laughs> yes, today? I love mustard. I love. And mustard. I was sitting there thinking, what is the guy, reference so I'm not getting you. here? <laughs> Why is there Chick Fil A sauce in the comment section? <laughs> yeah, that's Why? just like the only <laughs> other thing I had. I did not write which one this was from, but it was Brian O'Neill, and he wrote, "Watching this on one quarter speed because an incredibly drunk sounding Jeremy makes every sentence sound hilarious." Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He said half speed. He just sounds stoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if anybody wants to know how to do that, there you go. There you go. Very nice. Uh, I just had one from Futurama. Well, no, actually, I did have one from La Llorona as well. Um, this comment is from Benjamin uh, Foreman, who says, he's about to. And then he says, great, now I've got to get a hernia operation because of an obscure joke. Yep. Uh, I just I just love that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> that you laugh so hard, you give yourself a hernia? Yes, yeah. That's a problem. Uh, hey, crisscross has gotten mentioned more in the yeah. last couple hours than they have in the last 20 years. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Well, that's I mean, one they, of those that come that that just are so awesome that the 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 movie itself has no awareness of what they just said, right? And and uh and and it's just it it's perfect. Everything's perfect about it. The character's name is Chris, and and he's got to <laughs> warm it up. And there's nothing better than having some reference that goes that far back. To yeah. uh, and being able to say something like that. Speaking speaking of that, I don't know why we would have brought this up, but I just wanted to talk about how funny it is. Why there's a sin in Curse of La Llorona where about the eggs being rubbed on everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> and Chris, like I just wrote Chris and Barrett, and Chris changed it. He added the last names because he came back and he's like, you know, there's a kid named Chris in this. Yeah, so we should probably put the last names in. Yeah. Uh, that 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 was the the issue that I was sitting there thinking. I was like, yeah. I don't want people to think that we're talking about the kid that's in that movie. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I was like, all right, we're just gonna have to put last that's names. Why that's why it's good to have two people on this because I wasn't even thinking about the fact that kid's name was Chris. Yeah. And then, uh, I, okay, so I've got a couple in the Dark Crystal. I already talked about the Billy Whitelaw thing. I feel really bad about not crediting her. Yeah. Um, uh, so I feel bad about that. And then uh, the, the thing that Danae brought up about this Odds One Out, they, these these things are kind of frustrating at times because I've never heard of Odds One Out. Um, I uh, didn't know about uh, some other Dark Crystal video that was out there that was apparently popular. And then you have people in the comments who seem to think that, oh, we definitely saw that. And we definitely, like, not coming out and saying we ripped that off, 
but just saying oh you know it's you know there's some similar things in here or whatever and it's like you know i there's that this is an art this is one of those arguments that you're never going to win uh you can't possibly win it because you can't possibly tell someone that you haven't seen something if you happen to do something that's the exact same and this isn't even the same thing that Patton oswalt was talking about with joke thieves and everything Mm. where you know you've heard something and and then you put it in your own act later on and and it was all subconscious and everything this is something i genuinely never heard of before when i saw the comments i i get dismayed when i see like uh like somebody else's video getting pimped out a whole bunch in 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 our comments and everything and not because i don't want them to have extra like you know uh, eyeballs or anything it's just that it makes it seem like oh we just saw that video and then we made our own even though we've been doing this for seven years if you have something similar in the video people are just going to say oh you must have seen that like nobody can come up with the same thought uh you know uh, miles apart or anything well, like we we know that's not true because we'll combine our scripts and like every single writer will have the same joke you know at one of the same yeah. you know what i mean like yeah, that's the whole sure. thing is we have we have you know a half dozen alts that we have to choose from every single script because we see the same jokes you know oh so. yeah, yeah and, and plus it would just come up as like nah yeah 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 and that's just annoying yeah. Yeah. right so it's like okay one other thing that i noticed in the la Yorona comments is how many people uh, want to see our Avengers Endgame, and uh, and uh, and believe me, I I know I know that you guys want to see our Avengers Endgame video. We're not doing other videos instead of Endgame or anything like that. Like, oh, we could do that, but we're not. We're just going to do this. We're going to do Curse of La Llorona, a movie that nobody saw. Um, the there's if you know the ins and outs of running a channel and I'm not going to go too far into it. Um, you can't, I, we can't come out with end game until later. Uh, it's just the way it, it is. And it'll, and, you know, I can, I can pretty much tell you, even though we don't like doing this, I can pretty much tell you that it will be by the end of the year. You Ooh. will see, you will see Avengers end game. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you when, but we will have it by the end of the year. That's kind of and, cool. I, you know what I always tell people, I was like, yeah, and, and I want the next Pixel phone, but things have an order, you know, like stuff has to get done, and you know, Google will make their announcement in October, and then they'll be available in November. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it's our patience level has really waned in culture. Yeah. And now, Aaron, and now Aaron has said we have to watch like every MCU movie before we can <laughs> right. write it. Well, that is yeah. part of it. It, it used to be pretty easy with the marvels because you could come out they would have one in the summer and then one in the fall mm-hmm. and they they're not doing that this year because they're sort of you know they're they're doing they're going into the new phases and everything so they don't have anything ready and and i think for them it's probably a good idea too to wait until you know next may to come out with that black widow movie and everything but like uh you know it used to be easy like something would come out in november and you would just do that summer's uh marvel movie as the tent pole for that um but now it's getting it's gotten to the point where like if we waited for a tent pole we'd have to wait until next may to do mm-hmm. it and right. we will come out with it it just it's you know it's not we're not going to wait a year but we're going to wait uh until it's until it's quote unquote right 
I think a lot of times questions that people have about the release schedule and why we do the things we do would be more understandable if you knew what it takes to start up a YouTube channel and have it stay successful and running as long as it as it is. And a lot of times people don't understand those things and it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. So uh that's the reason why you haven't seen endgame yet uh the only other uh, comment i had was from futurama brian uh, malloy says bag of holding is a proper noun and as such should be capitalized yes what? i love that comment so much because i put the bag of holding in there duh dnd fangirl over here but then i also totally missed that so yeah it totally should have been all caps you know it, it's not all caps but you know capitalized um, i didn't realize that was a dnd thing i just thought it was like a expression I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I did too. I and, and I didn't either. And I, what I loved about it is Danae, this is what I love about the collabor one of the many things I love about the collaboration of our writing team is we each bring our individual knowledge bases into this. And Danae really is our first writer that plays D&D, plays it consistently, knows the terminology, that kind of stuff. I remember feeling the same way the first time I got a Doctor Who joke in there because I knew like, you know, the guys aren't necessarily, you know, Doctor Who fans, but I am. And so then there's this level of, oh, people who catch that joke. So I think it's cool that we all have our different, you know, kind of quote unquote areas of expertise. To be fair, though, if it came out eventually that like Barrett had this secret like D&D magic thing Mm -hmm. going on, I wouldn't be shocked. No, I would definitely believe that. (laughs) There's that story that uh, on The Sopranos where uh, David Chase had written something in um, in a script that was some obscure thing, and they were out shooting it, and uh, and uh, people nobody who was in the nobody who was in the scene nobody who was in the area knew what the reference was, so they called David Chase and they said uh, nobody gets this um, like can we cut that and make it something else. And David Chase said, "Somebody will get it," and that hung <laughs> up, and and and, and uh, you know, and and basically just said, "That's the end of that." You know, it doesn't have to be something for everybody. You know, everybody. You know, it's it's for a, a select few people. It's like the guy with all the starfishes on the beach starts throwing <laughs> them into the ocean. And the other guy's like, "Why are you doing that? You're not making a difference." And he's like, "I made a difference for that one." <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're welcome you're welcome all right here's the question this week hi sins team and then in parentheses hey. Hey. you're all the a team uh, uh i've been a fan of cinema who's since- hannibal sorry you're <laughs> <laughs> right exactly i've been a fan of cinema since since the videos were four minutes long and jeremy tortured himself with his version of movie recipes i love both podcasts and listen to them every week i have two questions uh in one recommendation although we're only going to do the first question uh which is this uh, at least for now. Maybe we'll get to the other one later. But this question is, will you start to include writing credits in the comments? I think I have an idea when Dicer is a writer. I'm pretty sure the alliterative sins are his. That is not always true. Uh, but not others. It would be cool to see the writers when watching. Um, I wanted to talk about this because we've kind of brushed against this topic. In fact, even today where Chris is talking about, oh, that's a Jeremy joke. Oh, that's a Jeremy joke. Uh, You know, it's interesting once you start dividing the jokes by like which member of the team wrote them. And so I was kind of curious like to hear everybody's thoughts on, you know, just the process of should the fans know who wrote every joke? Is that important information or is it all just written by CinemaSins? You know, like what's what is the approach on that uh, from the inside? And Chris, I'll let you start just since, you know, you've been doing it since 2012 and kind of have seen the whole evolution. And also you're the boss. And you're the boss. So, yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know. I, I don't think I would care one way or the other. Um, there was a time probably back in 2014 that I was interested in like, get like writing down who did what, because there were so many where it was Jeremy and me. And then there would be just Jeremy on a couple and then just me on a couple. Um, and, uh, and I thought it would be interesting to write it out. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I just lost, you know, lost interest in it. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's something that I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. I think if, if there was enough drive from everybody to, uh, to put the writers down in the comments, then we can start doing that. Sure. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, what are your thoughts today? I, I like the idea of it being a brand personally. I mean, if you look in the description of the YouTube channel, you'll see the different writers, their Twitter handles are kind of represented there. So, you know, it, there are there is a way to see who's writing for the channel mm-hmm. and there are, there is a way to see who's collaborating on the channel and i understand i think like the perspective of the person who wrote in is basically um to put who wrote not like which joke was whose but right. like yeah, who yeah. wrote on that particular script yeah. cuz i don't i don't think that it should ever be like this one's mine this one's mine i mean if you really want that information listen to this particular show and you might kind of hear that or you can always write in and ask if you're really really curious but it's also kind of fun for example um, when I was uh, watching The Dark Crystal, there was a comment made about the Electoral College, and I wrote, oh, that Aaron wrote that one. I didn't even but write on The Dark Crystal. No, I didn't so, even write on Dark no, Crystal. I it's, actually wrote that one today. <laughs> <laughs> what did so, they say about it? Did, were they in favor of it? They were in favor of it, they were in, they? Oh, yeah, total favor. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, guys, you got you to gotta, uh, represent those, uh, those small states. You know, you need to include <laughs> land. In all of your voting, by the way. (laughs) So it's kind of fun, though, because, you know, as so I'm hired as a writer to understand the voice of the narrator Mm -hmm. and narrate for the brand. However, some of the times my perspective, even as a new person, we just talked about like with the bag of holding and things, I can bring something to the table that maybe the narrator would definitely adopt into that mentality. But that's kind of the fun part of it. So I think it's more of a group effort. As much as I joke around about, you know, like, I want to get credit and I want to have my soapbox moment. I, I'm totally joking. It's it's really fun to just write for the brand. That's my opinion. Uh, I'm with, I'm with, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Jonathan. I, what, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I'm with Danae. I, uh, well, and I think also every script is so collaborative. I mean, even like, like, for instance, like Chris and I wrote La Llorona, but other people on the team saw that script before it went to final. And I don't know whether or not like Barrett or Jeremy added anything, but they could, or they could suggest that we change something or whatever, and then Chris might do it. So I mean, it's at the end of the day, I have a hard time remembering what sense I wrote sometimes, uh, because things get you know intertwined so much and combined mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm I I think I'm with Danae on that. I will say that hardly ever is after it gets past the supervisory stage does like it like in the ex- in the example that you provided with curse of oh, okay. Llorona, um you know uh, do i send it to barrett and jeremy and they add stuff or subtract things barrett uh, uh just like i do when i get scripts that i wasn't on uh will go through and try to find syntax and grammar and things mm-hmm. like that uh and and uh and that's basically it i i remember that remember there are some rare cases where you know something comes up uh where you're not even on that script and you're like oh here's a perfect opportunity to do something even though i wasn't on the script 
Um, so, uh, so occasionally that happens, but most of the time it's either a, a complete sin removal. Somebody will say, Hey, mm-hmm. I, I see something that, you know, this is either repetitive or it's, um, it, I, I just read something that contradicts that. Uh, so, so usually it's just sins getting removed from a script. It's usually not many. So, well, but yeah, you're right. It is a lot of collaboration going on. And we haven't even mentioned that there's an, uh, editing um, process as well and sometimes the editing team will have something that they want to you for know. instance peacock noises I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's that was their that was their little addition uh sometimes they'll put in outtakes that you didn't write down because uh, they thought of something and usually they're really funny um so yeah occasionally they put their little touches into it my, my favorite example of that was actually the snowman uh you wrote that great uh the the bonus round Oh yeah, yeah. With was it people looking through windows? Yeah, yeah, looking through windows. Yeah. And then didn't they add? They added the music and like just I don't know. They just kind of styled it up some. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember which song they found, but it was perfect. Yeah, for it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's that stuff's really cool. I have found you know since we've been doing this podcast, a lot of our fans who communicate with us on Discord or email us or whatever. Talk about that being one of their favorite parts of the the behind the scenes process is knowing who wrote on which script. And I, I do think maybe that's that's where it's valuable is just like, OK, this script was primarily written on by these two or three people. Right. Yeah. And but then as you start to, like, break it down past that, I do think there becomes it becomes a little bit unimportant because it is such a collaborative process. And I think it's how many times I've written a joke that Barrett has improved or Chris has improved and, you know, given me a, a, you know, another tag that works better or, you know what I mean? Like half the jokes are, are a combo joke. Um, a lot of times, even in the, the process of editing the script will combine two sins into one joke. Um, so yeah, it, it becomes a little more nebulous once you get past like, you know, who the official writers were, uh, on the script so um yeah as far as and, on a per, per joke level i'm you know i don't think it's necessary but it is kind of fun to know you know okay chris and jeremy wrote on this one um today did you have say, something you were gonna say um nope i'm on discord so uh <laughs> I, I i care i care about we're the doing show a podcast a lot. Here i know today. i'm sorry i apologize it's just there's a lot of exciting things happening we had a huge reveal on the podcast about what movie we're going to be doing and when. And so I went in and teased it and Discord's freaking out right now. <laughs> They're voting on whether or not I spoil part of it. It's this whole ideal. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wonder if Discord advertises. That might be the perfect advertiser right, for yes. our podcast. I will say another thing about this, though, and I'm glad it's brought up in here, is the assumptions people make about which writers wrote what and how often they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have people come directly to me and say, oh, I know you wrote this one because they know how much I love puns and wordplay. I'm like, no, you don't understand. We all love puns and wordplay. Like, it's one of those things where um, I think you get tagged with a certain thing and then just every joke that's like that, people think mm-hmm. you wrote. Uh, yeah. And uh, and often you're going to be wrong on those assumptions. So it's something to remember, at least. Do you guys yeah, think- it's everybody sort of just getting into the, the vibe of everything. Like, if something is is popular then someone else might have the idea to write a pun in the next one that is similar to the exact one that the, you wrote or something right and and it just becomes theirs at that point and it becomes cinemasins yeah uh, uh vernacular yep and that's kind of the beauty of the collaborative process so i'm glad you asked the question and when we're at sin week you'll find out if we're all actually one person or not <laughs> one yes. big puppet 
like a I can't, sexy. I can't really. wait to spring that on people. <laughs> we all come out in like one uniformed puppet costume. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and like break off. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, that's gonna be fun. That I, sounds terrifying, Danae. Uh, yeah, to be honest, well, it very much so does. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to Beyond the Sins to Infinity and Beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're going to chat a little bit about something else from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. It can be good or bad. Um, Danae, why don't you kick us off? Oh, no. Well, I also got stuck up on like not knowing what to talk about this week. I really wanted to talk about Dark Crystal on Netflix, but mm-hmm. I didn't get to completely watch the first episode. How much did you watch of it, though? I watched the first 15 minutes. I really didn't That's get to it. That's not enough. M- yeah. No. No. And I, I was really enjoying it, but also kind of surprised at where it was starting in the timeline. I sort of wanted to pick up at the end, but maybe it goes there. I don't know. So I'll, I think what I want to do is I'm going to watch that whole series and then I'll talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, I saw people tweeting about they were confused as to where it took place. I haven't watched it yet. But. Yeah. And maybe, you know, you just make an assumption that whenever a show picks up. Um, after a movie is released that it's going to be like afterwards we should know better by now right so but like I said I haven't watched enough of it Um, I also want to say that I was concerned because I thought that the Dark Crystal was going to be another uh, movie and so then I saw how many characters are in it and I got really concerned it was going to be terrible because it was going to be too much but it's a series on Netflix so it makes far more sense yeah I should do more research (laughs) Uh, so I will I will talk about that I know that was something that I has been excited excitement for that personally but i'm not going to do that today i'm just going to throw out an app that i've been enjoying called knights of pen and paper this is a D old school pen and paper game where you are kind of like this little 8-bit person and you're sitting at a table and there's a dm and then the background changes to whatever adventure you go on so and when you die you die i i pushed it a little too far i got into a fight with a swarm of bees that was way too way too high level and my characters are dead now and so i'm having to decide if i'm going to actually spend money to resurrect them or not (laughs) um but it's fun it's just like this little mind brain just kind of brainless thing that you can kind of do and i i've kind of enjoyed it so i thought i would just throw that out for the DD fans today i also thought about talking about another podcast but i'm gonna listen to it a little longer see if it gets if it continues to be good before i bring that one to the table what's the name of the app it's called knights of pen and paper knights of pen and paper uh jonathan what you got um so yeah i'm going a little different direction this week um i've been an avid letterbox user for the past like i don't know six or seven years um and i actually learned about this on sif pop a couple years ago some a guest you had mm-hmm. mentioned this in the buried treasure segment but uh, this guy, his name is his username on Letterboxd is Cinemonster, C-I-N-E Monster. Mm-hmm. And um, for the last, this will be the sixth year he's done this. But he does this um, kind of, um, I guess, social media um, watchathon uh, for the month of October called Hooptober. Um, I believe he started it maybe when the year Toe Hooper died. I'm not positive about that, but I think that's kind of where it originates from, which was about five years ago. And it actually now it starts on September 15th. But essentially what it is is he has a set of criteria for, um, for, for movies, and you just use that criteria and you pick out 31 movies to watch in that time frame from September 15th, October 31st. And then he also adds a couple for extra credit if you want to watch 33. And then everybody basically creates their list. They share it. They share the link with him on Letterboxd, and then he, he'll post everybody's link. So everybody's kind of connected. And then every time you watch a movie, you'll write a little review of what you thought of it, and then you'll tag 
um, you know, Hooptober 6.0 or whatever it is. Hmm. Um, so it's just kind of this fun social media experience you can have um, around this time of year. Um, if you like horror movies or even if you're just curious to get into horror movies, this might be a way for you to kind of discover some things. Um, that you've never done before. And like I said, it's just, it's actually one of those few things on social media that I found where it's very pleasant and it's very positive. And it's just like, you know, a couple hundred people um, just talking about movies for a month and a half. Very um, cool. So if that's something that interests you, I just thought I'd throw that out there. And like I said, I mean, if you're a Letterboxd user, if you look him up, uh, like I said, his name is Cinemonster, or if you type in Hooptober, um, you'll be able to find it, and it just has instructions on what you need to do on your end. But um, yeah, I'm, I've I've done it for two years now. I've never completed it. Um, I'm hoping to this year, but I probably won't. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my best shot. <laughs> Very nice, Hooptober. That sounds yeah. awesome. Uh, I'm gonna talk about uh, an app game that just released uh, a new section to it. It's one of my favorites. Uh, <gasps> Danae is all of a sudden excited because I think she knows I'm gonna talk about Agent A. Yay! Uh, <laughs> I love this one. I'm so glad you're going to talk about it. Uh, Agent A is one of my favorite uh, app games. Uh, I do believe, I don't even think there's a free version. I think it is like a $2.99, $3.99 app kind of thing. But it is a lot of fun. Uh, it's one of those, I don't know if you would call them escape the room games uh, or just kind of a puzzle game where you have to find objects that do certain things and sometimes there's paradigm shifts your brain has to make as to how to get the objects and you know you kind of observe your environment and you know find puzzle solutions and that kind of stuff. It's um, like those old like Space Quest, Police Quest, yes. Shadowgate games. Yes, very much so. And, mm -hmm. and Police Quest, oh my god. <laughs> Leisure I, Suit Larry. Yes, of course. <laughs> Mm -hmm. cannot, Monkey Island. Yeah. Cannot, yeah. Uh, Day of the Tentacle was always one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways, this is one of those types of games. And the kind of the artistic environment of this world is very cool to me. Because a lot of times these games have really trended towards more like scares and horror type games. But this is much more colorful. And it's like a almost like a Mission Impossible vibe. Like a, a spy kind of thing going on. Um, and it's really well done. Uh, there's humor in it that I think is really great. So they just released chapter five, which is the final chapter. It's actually called the final chapter. No, and, and, it uh, can't end. It's so good. <laughs> well, I think what they'll probably do is they'll probably make a new one. Like a new app? Like a, Yeah, a new yeah, game. Yeah. The based on this one but uh it closes up the story really nicely the story is fun and interesting i actually played the entirety of chapter five over the weekend because i had a lot of uh driving that i was doing um i shouldn't say i was doing the driving i was doing right. the writing somebody else was doing the driving mm -hmm. um so it's a lot of fun and if you enjoy those kind of puzzle games i would definitely recommend it it's called agent a and uh, there are five chapters and every chapter is a blast so yeah nice Good stuff. Have you, Danae, have you played Chapter 5 yet? No, I haven't played it yet, but it reminds me of The Room. Mm -hmm. But when the, the Room, they just release a new app every time, so I wonder if that's what the company will end up doing. It's so smart and so fun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a good recommendation. A and A. All right, Chris, what do you got? Uh, I read the uh, the book Best Movie Year Ever, which is about 1999. Yeah. Oh, I have that on my Kindle. I have not read it yet. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's awesome because 1999 was the year that, yeah, so many like of your, so many of the, the movies that we refer to fondly uh, are, are come from that, come from that, uh, come from that year. You have the matrix, you have eyes wide shut, Magnolia, 
um, uh, and a million others that I'm just blanking on right now. But they t- Fight Club, um, they and he goes through uh, you know chapter by chapter the stories of these movies. Uh, he doesn't go like super in depth, but he does talk about like some of the behind the scenes of how those movies were made and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of the things that they had to go through Blair Witch Project has some really interesting things in it too uh, but uh, if if 1999 is your jam this book uh, reads really easily um, I got it done in no time when I first got it I had a lot of stuff to do so I wasn't uh, but I still got to like 100 pages and then like in the next two days once I got done with all the stuff I needed to get, get done I I just ripped through it um, it's that type of book. Um, and, uh, if you're a big movie fan, if you're a big 1999 person, uh, this, this just sort of took me back. 1999 was the year that uh, I went to Hollywood 27. I met Jeremy at Hollywood 27. Uh, a lot of these movies that they're talking about were movies that we watched, you know, at the time and everything. And I remember, I remember just Hollywood 27 stories, um, you know, from some of these movies uh and everything so it was a uh, it was a good nostalgia rip um but uh it, it's i always find it interesting to to read some of the things that the behind the scenes things that are going on in some of your favorite movies and this book does a really good job of it uh the author's name is brian raftery uh and i heard him on a podcast talking about his process of writing this book and uh, found a lot of his stories interesting, especially the stories about how he decided which movies to include, which not to include. And, you know, he fully admits that there are some movies that a lot of people love from 1999 that he didn't even really include in the book. And, yeah. a, and a lot of it had to do with uh, the av- availability of the people involved in those projects. And Yeah, I uh, imagine because I, I feel like he really wanted to talk about South Park bigger, longer and yes. uncut a yep. little bit more. Yep. I got that sense throughout the entire book, and I was like, I bet Trey Parker and Matt Stone just did not, you know, want to say anything about it at yeah. all. Yeah. And uh, and of course, they, they I've heard them already in one of the South Park uh, episode commentaries saying that they barely even remember making that movie now. And uh, that looking back on it now, it's really weird looking back on it because there's so many things they wouldn't have done mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, but, yeah, I got the sense of that, especially when he was talking about the MPAA and Boys Don't Cry and everything, because South Park was a was a big movie that had just come through the MPAA and the MPAA already had some, you know, they were worried about what they were putting out there. Mm-hmm uh and boys don't cry which didn't really have anything that horrible in it but they but they you know you know how the you know how they are man <laughs> you know how the mpaa is yeah um they 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 are they're they're super hypocritical about the things that they decide are are too much and give movies a harsher nc-17 rating for uh than something that has way worse stuff in it mm-hmm and everything but uh yeah i had the inclination that that was one he really wanted to talk about i I could be wrong but i do i think i do remember in the podcast him him mentioning he couldn't get interviews with trey and matt and that that was you know kind of a bummer for him um but he was also talking in the podcast about how surprised he was by how much people did want to talk about their movies from 1999 like the amount of interviews he was able to do with huge directors and actors he was really surprised that um that you know they wanted to do that so so yeah i'm i'm glad to hear the book came out really well yeah it's uh it's fun i mean it's one of those that i i 
I would read a chapter and I would be like, you know, okay, well, it wouldn't hurt to read another one and it wouldn't hurt to read another one. It's kind of like (laughs) reading articles, really. You don't think of it as a book anymore after a while and Mm -hmm. you just go through each chapter as like it's an article on the internet. It's like if you're you know you're going on the internet, you probably read a whole book sometimes on the internet and don't even think about it. Yeah, and uh, that's what this was like. So um, really fun. A lot of a lot of movies in here that uh, you know, uh, just interesting how they were made and how they how they were marketed and how what what the directors wanted to do as opposed to what they ended up doing and so on and so forth. Yep, that's uh, Brian Raftery, best movie year ever, how 1999... Is it Raftery or is it Rafferty? It's Raftery. Raftery. So the mm-hmm. T comes first. The T comes first. Is it like a round T or a flat T? <laughs> it's an herbal tea. <laughs> it's an herbal, it's an herbal tea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, it is called Best Movie Year Ever, How 1999 Blew Up the Big Screen. Very, very cool. Well, guys. We did everybody it. Everybody good? Everybody feel good about the podcast? Mm-hmm. I mean, I forgot the I I forgot what I was gonna do my Beyond the Sins about because I I couldn't find my notes. Oh, so I'm a little mad at myself because mm. I was gonna do, just, I'll have to do it next week. I guess. Yeah, you were gonna do a little log rolling. No, no, I'm gonna be gone next week. Well, so you say. No, I, I really, <laughs> I really am gonna be. It's our family vacation. We had better be able to go to Florida. <laughs> we'll see. Mm. I guess you'll have to hold it for two weeks. No, that's so hard. <laughs> I get so backed up. <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for behind the scenes this week don't forget to uh, make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating for us as well we would love that uh hang out with us on twitter i'm at aaron dicer she is at danae says he is at sam loomis 13 also if you want to connect with chris i believe chris you hang out at the uh facebook fan page yeah Uh, the uh sincast presented by cinema sins i'm also on the discord every once in a while um I will address things occasionally on that, especially if I am included in the tag. I can find where I'm being addressed yeah. and everything. That's an important thing if you want to talk to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, that's those are the two things where I'm at. So for Jonathan Watkins, today Hughes and myself, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BehindTheSinsPod at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter and be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. The recording has begun. No, it hasn't. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. You're a liar. Why you gotta lie like that? Why you gotta say all the things that are lies? There it is. Oh, maybe I should just believe you. Yeah, I think that's the lesson we all need to learn. Just believe Aaron. Everything he says. Believe in Aaron. Maybe we should start a series of stickers. And one will be believe in Aaron. And then the other one will be like free Danae. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's uh, let's see if we can get everybody on the horn. Today I used tweezers to pick plaque out of my teeth. Welcome to admissions with Danae. (laughs) It was oddly satisfying. Who are we? Who are you? Who are we calling today? Chris. Oh, I thought it was Barrett today. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think people want us to talk about as far as advertising? Like, what's the behind the sins perfect advertiser? Mm, I don't know. Clorox wet wipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be in a. 
It should be an underwear company, right? <laughs> yes. White out. Mm-hmm. White out underwear. Who is it? Who is it that invented white out? Was it Peter Dolan's? Somebody from the monkey's mom in, invented white out. How did you remember these mm. things? That's just a funny little fact. Her name is Bet Nesmith Graham. Yep, Mike Nesmith's mom. Okay. From the monkeys. Well, there I don't you know go. why that stuff sticks in my brain. I don't understand it. I don't know, but I just I thought it was hilarious that one of the guys from the monkey's mom invented whiteout. I thought that was hilarious. I just feel like because I huh. can't remember so much, like I feel like I'm maybe in like early, 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 early onset of Alzheimer's or something. Like no, my brain just, is just deficient. You're just a mom. I'm screwed. I, I hear this from moms <gasps> all the time. Like, Thank, yeah, that's right. I did. I, I was smart before I had a kid, right? Yes. You were there. <laughs> Uh, how are you feeling temperature-wise, Danae? Shut up. <laughs> are you about to turn the AC on? I'm so hot. <laughs> okay, let me let me go grab, like, I don't know. Do you have one of those Snuggies laying around? No, I'm fine if you need to put the AC on. All right, cool. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys excited about today's show? Huh? Are you? Oh, are you so yep. pumped? Yes. yes. I can tell. It, like, isn't today a holiday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all sitting here working. It's the day we're not supposed to be working. Is yeah. this work? Yeah, that's what kills me about these type of holidays is, you know, I'm always I'm always sort of on holiday, I guess, get, get, considering right. what we do. So when there's mm-hmm. a day where everybody's off, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's a good point. It. The movie that shows the pronoun game is so popular you can name an entire movie franchise after it. Yep. Literally. Yeah. It was doing that before <laughs> the pronoun game. That's right. And it's not a game, okay? It's real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The podcast conference that I went to, when you when you went in, you got your lanyard that has your name on it and everything and like mm-hmm. the whatever podcast you're on or whatever. And also preferred pronoun. And you had a little preferred pronoun yep. pin that you could put on there. So if you wanted to be called the, they, them, you actually had one that was blank. You could fill it out yourself. You could put robot if you wanted to. Mm. Or meow meow. I've always wanted to be a robot. <laughs> <laughs> meow meow feels a little more like an onomatopoeia than a pronoun. Hey, listen, but <laughs> a girl can dream. <laughs> so Aaron was totally unprepared for today's show. He has no plan going into today. I just <laughs> want to let you guys true. know. I've been watching him the whole entire time. He came in two minutes before ten and was like, "I have no plan. We're mm, screwed." Mm. Sounds so, just like me. This is going to be a twelve-hour podcast. I just want to. We're going to have bathroom breaks. We're going to have food breaks. But we're Wait, just... are you saying because you think I'm unprepared, all of a sudden you're in charge? That's right. Is that what you're saying? That we, it defaults to me. <laughs> That's the rule. <laughs> I don't know. I think as far oh. as seniority goes. No, she goes to Jonathan. All right, Jonathan, I mean, lead on. I mean, we got Chris on the show. That's Chris, true. Oh, Chris. Chris runs a podcast every week. Okay, man, you're in charge. Lead on. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> I was listening to a, a podcast uh, this week, and I, I, I wish I could remember. I'm trying to rack my brain. I cannot remember who it was, but it was somebody who's known for great content. Like, they put out great stuff. They're not controversial and like that. And they were talking about the haters that they have that just don't understand them and will pop up on social media or YouTube or whatever and, and completely misrepresent them. And I'm thinking... Oh, okay. If this person has haters, then it makes sense that anybody who is popular in any way whatsoever is going to have people who want to, quote unquote, bring them down to size and are going to find ways to hate on them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just kind of an unfortunate part of it is the unfortunate part of the fact that we can all instantly communicate with each other. Right. Yeah. There are positives to that. There are beautiful things about that. But there are negatives as well. And that's one of them. Just, so. You could also you could also say it like um, the hater is going to hate, 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 hate. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
You know how like behind uh, our music from behind is really insane and kind of like over the top. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be kind of funny to like meet the team or like meet Cinema Sins, and it was just like this wacky thing where. You know, Jeremy is actually an alien, and Chris, like, maybe you're, like, some old lady. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something, like, really nuts. You just, that, like, that... open up a closet, and, and you know, yeah, one of us is behind just... it, and we, like, we like averse to light, and we screech when the light comes <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> <laughs> what I've discovered is when you start to have to explain the joke, the joke becomes less funny. Yeah, like, if yeah. people are pretending like they don't get it, they're just either being obstinate or they're being dumb. One of the or two. Or they just didn't get it. Right. And and they were so brave to put it out publicly. <laughs> yes, they were. So, good on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, you guys sound really weird. Did, did it just change? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear yeah, you. Yeah, can you guys hear can, us? Yes, we can. Can you hear us? I don't think you yeah. can hear us. No. No, I don't think they can hear us we, at all. We can. Here, I'm going to tweet him. Hold, I'll be texting Aaron. Oh, I wonder what's happening. I don't know. <gasps> it's the storm. It's the storm, Aaron. Oh, I just distorted really bad. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm, I did. Yeah, you guys are sounding very robotic. Oh, I totally forgot music from behind. My bad. We'll go back to that. <laughs> Reverse. Reverse. Back to it. Beep. Let's beep, move. Beep. Beep. Okay, go ahead. All right. I was gonna. Let you, I just need a clean edit point. That's all. Oh. Beep. Oh, I was going to try to mess you up again, but you knew I was going to do that. Yeah, I, I right. can usually wait you out. <laughs> the amount of research sometimes you have to do, especially with timeline stuff, I, like I'm dreading Endgame for this reason. Like the idea of, you oh, know, like God. having to go, to go back and watch, you know, the Captain America movie that this happened in and go back and watch the Iron Man movie that this happened in. You know, it's just there. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. For some reason, Jeremy has a head injury and he has amnesia <laughs> and he watches it without any previous knowledge. Yeah, that's yep. the only way to make it work, right? The narrator. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. The narrator, about. Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. I guess I should always say <laughs> the narrator. The narrator. The narrator. <laughs> By the way, I'm going. This Aaron. This is very well maybe cut. So okay. <laughs> I want. I want to ask this question of Danae. Oh sure. yay! I love this so much. Yes, I have boobs. <laughs> oh okay. Well okay. then. Okay, my second question is. <laughs> Okay. But then Aaron talks about eating in the shower and not wearing underwear. Mm. Well, mm. why would you wear underwear in the shower? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. The way I phrased that made no sense. It was kind of neat, though, because then the conversation sort of evolved on mm-hmm. Discord about loving our bodies and how weird it is. And one person actually made a comment that there are gross bodies. And I was like, I totally disagree with you. No body is gross. Like, every single body is a piece of art. And, and they're like, well, I guess I can't really argue with you. So I like, I don't know, I like that kind of... Yeah. It's been really positive. I don't know, man. Chamberlain and Dark Crystal. That's pretty rough. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 